What is up, YouTube? Welcome to the debut edition of Texas Sports Unfiltered. You know who we are, but we'll introduce ourselves anyways. The greatness from midday with Trey and BK is back. Normally, you'll catch us from 12 to 1 on this channel. Normally, from 8 to 10 in the mornings, you'll catch myself with Bucky Godbolt. Unfortunately, Bucky had a little bit too much fun at his 50-year high school reunion over the weekend, so that has caused him to have to miss today's episode. But he'll be back tomorrow and every weekday morning from 8 to 10, and normally Trey and I will be working from 12 to 1. But we are super excited to launch this channel. We have been overwhelmed by the amount of support that you guys have shown us over the last couple of weeks since we announced this thing. We're already nearing 3,000 subscribers on YouTube before we even posted a video we're already over 60 people watching this video right now, and we're two minutes in. And Trey, this thing is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I'm super pumped to have you on board, and I'm super excited to get this thing started. I have been excited since minute one of uh, you paying me and a few others a phone call with this idea that you had concocted. And uh, yeah, let, let's go. I mean unfiltered as the name suggests means that uh, we are not holding anything back at times that would get us in trouble in the past BK but now uh, hopefully it is playing into our advantage and yes Bucky Godbolt we had uh, we maybe had some side bets going on on what would derail Bucky on episode one we all thought it might have something to do with some sort of technical issue on Bucks and now there was a technical issue but it was totally out of his control. Bucky, making his way back from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, ends up stuck in Atlanta yesterday. A six-hour delay, thanks to some bad weather rolling through, turned into an outright cancellation in the evening. And so Buck uh, had to spend the night at the Atlanta airport. I'm not going to put the airline on blast. He may choose to do that tomorrow, but uh, they offered him a discount on a hotel room. Other, otherwise, he got to stay in the airport all night, which is what he chose to do. Yep. And, uh, he will be back tomorrow. I'm sure he'll have some, uh, some fun things to talk about with regards to uh, just observing people in the airport. And I'm not going to spoil this. Uh, you'll just have to tune in tomorrow to find out. Apparently, you guys have a huge guest that you're speaking with tomorrow morning, too. Yeah, absolutely. We are going to announce that a little bit later in our show today, but uh, plenty of reasons we hope that you guys are going to be locked into Texas Sports Unfiltered all of the time. But uh, yeah, very, very special guest who will be joining the Buck and I for our first show together. But Bucky's got some hilarious stories uh, from his travel up to his 50-year high school reunion, including him having to use a port of potty outside of his high school because he was locked out. So we're talking about a high school Hall of Famer up there in Bethlehem, PA, resorting to having to use a porta pot to take a deuce uh, because he couldn't get anywhere else. So Bucky will have more details. He'll tell you more about that story. But yeah, he, uh, he slept on, at man. the airport. Why can't you unlock the door for a few minutes and keep someone from having to use the porta pots? Uh, the guy, uh, I guess, was not nearly as important in high school as, uh, as he thought he was. And that legacy did not span five decades plus. So, uh, unfortunately for the Buck, he, he couldn't get in. But, yeah, he'll talk about that. He'll talk about his travel stories. Once again, he will be with me normally from 8 to 10. And Trey and I will be together from 12 to 1 on this I channel. Know, I don't know about you, BK, but as far as the porta pot bit goes, and I know Bucky had bubble guts. And when you're in your late 60s and you have bubble guts, then uh, there, you don't really have many options. I refuse to use porta pots. I will go in nature before I use a porta pot. 
for either thing, but especially uh, the the number two action. I mean, I you know if I'm around town and I really have to go, and the option is a porta pot or acting like I am staying at a hotel that's close by, I'm gonna walk through the front doors of that hotel like I'm like I own the place and walk straight into that first floor bathroom. I detest porta pots. Porta pots. There's one acceptable time to use a porta pot. That's the very first time that porta pot is in use, and even then, I would question uh, the the uh, san- the uh, sanitation of the porta pot. Thankfully, my kids have also adopted this. They refuse to use porta pots too. So I feel like mm-hmm. I'm doing something right here because my kids in their young lives have shunned porta pots each like ten times. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I have a fear slash phobia of public bathrooms in general. So it's not just the porta pot. Like it's a gas station bathroom. It's a shopping mall bathroom. It's in anywhere. Uh, at my current job in Houston. I've been here for about two years now. I have used the facilities to go number two one time in my career. And I'm so upset that that number is greater than zero. (laughs) I've been home from a late night work event downtown and I couldn't make it home. There was too much traffic on the road. I couldn't make it to the house. And uh, that was the closest place I could find. So yeah, not just the porta pod for me. It's uh, it's anywhere, but you just keep bombarding your uh, your digestive system with Taco Bell. That'll change eventually. You'll have, uh, you'll have more of those moments where you just can't help yourself but to have to go and bump uh, I know. So this is the type of unfiltered conversation we're going to have. We're going to talk plenty of sports on this channel, of course. Plenty of Longhorn football, plenty of national college football. Uh, we'll get into a lot of that today. We'll recap the first week of Texas fall camp. We'll talk about everything going on with college football realignment because that's obviously been crazy as hell over the last few days. Uh, we'll talk some baseball, but we're going to have a ton of fun on this channel. That's the big point. I mean, it's unfiltered. We we can cuss. We'll get away. We're not going to be dropping F-bombs 100 times during every show, but we can uh, let one slip, and we're unfiltered and unregulated by everything. We don't have radio bosses telling us what we can and can't talk about. Uh, we don't have the FCC telling us what we can and can't say. We're going to have a lot of fun on this deal. And you guys are a huge part of this thing, seriously. I mean, the, we've gotten a ton of comments already. Steven asking if we're going to have an app to listen on. Yes, we are in the process of developing an app. We're hoping by the end of this week that we will have an app that will let you stream us live. So it gives you an audio-only version uh, if you're on the go and uh, or just don't want to look at our ugly faces. I, I, I don't blame you too much. We are radio guys after all. But we will have an app to listen on. We'll also post every single episode to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, to Google Podcasts, to Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Texas Sports Unfiltered. And uh, look, you can watch the video in real time on YouTube after we're done. So if you want the video element, then you can obviously catch us on YouTube after we're posted. But obviously, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, I know a ton of people love to consume their favorite media and podcast form. So we're going to have that for you as well. Trey, we just want this to be as easy as possible for everyone. And once again, we want all of you guys to be a huge part of that. We're going to be you know, putting a bunch of y'all's comments up on screen throughout the entirety of these YouTube shows. Shout out to Nick for the kind words here. Uh, we do. Uh, we agree. I mean, we feel like this has the potential to be really, really big. We've got uh, people we're excited about. Kevin Dunn is going to be a big part of this channel as well. You could catch him from 12 to 1. He's going to join Trey and myself. Uh, Bucky, obviously, will be a part of this thing. Adam Wagner will be a part of this. We've got a few more big names potentially coming on board, too, in the not-too-distant future that we think y'all are going to love. So this is going to be fun, man. That's a, a big part of this thing. We want to have fun with people that we love, 
And uh, it's not just us on camera that we love. It's everybody in the chat room, everybody commenting right now that uh, that we love. And you guys mean a lot to us. So we're going to have a great time doing this. And you guys are going to be the big reason why. Bobby says, I remember how disturbed I was when I saw what you guys looked like for the very first time. Thank you for that, Bobby. <laughs> and by the way, BK, the underrated element of this whole thing is Kevin Dunn's return to broadcasting after a year and a half away. Perfect timing, obviously, because it's right at the start of football season. We know uh, just how much of a savant he is when it comes to uh, knowing college or professional football to go along with every sport, obviously. But uh, to get to do shows with KD once again, I didn't think that would happen. The last time he and I did a, uh, a Texas Longhorn postgame show uh, before he uh, – and then we, we did a couple of things after that as well. But uh, I thought that was probably it. But, nope, here we are. Kevin's going to be joining you in place of me uh, this afternoon from 12 to 1 Central Time. And then uh, we are both going to be doing various things with him throughout the week. I think Kevin and my plan is to do something in the evenings on Tuesday and Thursday. There will be some sports talk, but there's going to be a lot of non-sports talk too because – we and he in particular have some things to get off our chests. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, my man. And the beautiful thing, one of the many beautiful things of this channel is it's not just the live videos. So if you're looking at our tweets, you're seeing that uh, we'll be live for just three hours a day to start. Potentially more on that front coming. But we're also posting a ton of recorded videos as well. Trey and Kevin are going to do stuff together. Trey and Bucky are going to do shows together. Uh, Kevin and Bucky might do some shows together. We'll obviously get wags in the mix, too. Once again, more names to announce, but yeah, we'll do live videos. We'll do recorded videos. We'll do premieres on YouTube. All of it's going to be available on Spotify and Apple and, and YouTube and everywhere, by the way. But uh, yeah, it's going to be more than just three hours of uh, content you're going to get from this channel each and every day. And another great thing, maybe the best thing that we can offer, Trey, we're commercial free. Now, we've got a ton of great sponsors. You see them all across your screen right now. We're going to do live reads. We're going to give them some love because we're grateful that they are with us from day one. And honestly, the only reason we can do this channel is because of our great sponsors and their willingness to support us right away. But you don't have those four, five, six-minute commercial breaks that you had uh, when we were working with our former employer. It's literally just going to be us talking, you guys getting involved, special guests, great conversations with Lifetime Longhorns and broadcasters and analysts from all over the sports world. Like, it's just us. So you don't have to worry about having to tune out because of uh, super long commercials or anything like that. It's unfiltered by commercials as well. So that's uh, another reason why we're super pumped to get this thing going. Wait, do you mean to tell me we're not going to be wasting people's time with like five minutes of traffic and weather updates, despite the fact <laughs> that people have access to that information at their fingertips with the phones in our pockets? Hey, let me check. Uh, yeah, no traffic on my street right now in Houston, if anyone was curious. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. we're not going to waste your time with anything like that because – People's time is important, man. We got better things to talk about than traffic and weather on the sports channel. Yeah, let me give you a quick weather report across the state of Texas for today. It is unbearably <laughs> hot. And it uh, will be probably for another month or two. Yes, yes, it will be. So uh, we're excited about this thing. Uh, I promise every episode is not going to be 12 minutes just promoting the channel and promoting ourselves. But obviously, day one, show one, we want to let y'all know exactly what you're in store for uh, and we appreciate all of you guys spreading the word, too. Shout out to Christy from Cakes Rock. Uh, huge fan of hers. Go support her. It's great to be back as well. Shout out to all of you guys who have commented to this point. So we're excited about this thing. Please like this video. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. 
Please spread the word as well. Um, yeah. we, we want uh, as many people in on this thing as possible. And once again, you guys are a massive, massive part of this whole deal. So this thing will be as successful as y'all make it. But we're uh, we're super pumped. We're super excited. And we feel like we've got something pretty special on our hands with this. Yeah, I need to give a quick hello to our friend Tyler McComas who's weighing in on the comments line as well. Tyler, of course, broadcast north of the border. He's host of The Rush on The Ref from 2 to 6 on 94.7 FM in Oklahoma City, 14.30 a.m. in Tulsa as well, simulcasting Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Does a great job covering Oklahoma Sooner sports and more. And uh, he is uh, somebody who covers the uh, covers sports journalism in general for Barrett Sports Media as, uh, also. Uh, Tyler is a good friend of ours over the years and uh, really appreciate the support. And Tyler, I can't tell you when I'm actually going to be waxing my chest on this very station. That's because I haven't lost a bet just yet, but there will be (laughs) very foolish bets made and then paid up eventually as well. I'm trying to convince BK to to, uh, engage in a bet where maybe he doesn't have to dress up like Hitler if he loses, although he could get away with it because of his roots. Mm. One of us has to rock the Hitler stash for like a week. Oh, God. Well, the pedo stash is coming back in November like it does every year. So maybe for a couple of days, if I lose a bet, I'll, uh, I'll shave the edges to make it look like the worst person in human history. Or Charlie Gap, one of the two. Yeah, my rabbi will be uh, thrilled with that one for sure. <laughs> Might have to skip Temple that month. Oh, man. All right, so we're excited to get rolling. Uh, let's get into some Texas football conversation to start. I say to start. We're 15 minutes in. But uh, our first sports conversation, Trey, four practices in to Texas Longhorn Fall Camp. Of course, we're less than a month away. Can you believe it? Less than a month away from the start of the Longhorn season. Uh, we're actually – what, two and a half weeks away from college football coming back in general. So that week zero is at the end of August. It's literally two weeks from Saturday. So college football itself is right around the corner. We're pumped. Everyone listening to us right now is obviously pumped. Uh, should be an awesome, awesome season. So four practices in, one week in to Texas fall camp. What are your biggest takeaways? What are your biggest observations from everything you've seen, everything you've heard going on on the 40 acres? Biggest thing, and maybe this is a bit of a cop-out, but Quinn Ewers still is looking and sounding like uh, the guy who is going to lead this team to better things this year. And I love to see that. I had the opportunity to speak with him face-to-face at Big 12 Media Days last month, and I was impressed. I mean, obviously, he he does look a whole lot better. He's kept himself in really good shape, but he has a, a certain confidence about him that seemed to be lacking at times last year. And he's talked openly about that how he was maybe reading a little bit too much into the criticisms and it was putting him deeper into a hole. Well, he has that confidence now, and we know what the talent is. And he also has a better uh, cast of receivers to throw the football to. Some guys who were there last year, the Worthies and Whittingtons and JT Sanders of the world, but to get to add an A.D. Mitchell, a Jonte Cook, and uh, some of the other guys who are new to this roster who uh, can really make some good things happen. I'm excited. And I think that while a lot of the focus is going to go on this passing attack, I can't wait to see what Jonathan Brooks can do in that backfield. People think that there's going to be a big drop-off with Bijan and Roshan no longer here this year, and that's not necessarily wrong, but Jonathan Brooks can more than hold his own. We saw it in mop-up duty last year, and look, got to start somewhere, even if it's against backups for a team that you're blowing out. Then we also saw the proof in that same pudding 
in the bowl game. The Longhorns Alamo Bowl lost to Washington. Jonathan Brooks looked really good in that game too. So I'm excited to see what uh, what he can do with the running back position, the offense on the whole, and then also the defense. Pete Kwiatkowski really started to figure something out in year two. Uh, they bring back a lot on that side of the ball, even though they lose some dudes on that defensive line. Uh, that is a deep group, arguably the deepest in the Big 12, maybe in the entire country, according to some. It's certainly in the top three to five in terms of defensive line depth. Great at linebacker with Jalen Ford coming back. You lose Overshone, but you feel confident that some combination of guys between a Benda and an Anthony Hill and uh, maybe a Maurice Blackwell can really help fill that gap. And then the secondary looks like they are primed to be even better than last year, too. Uh, Ryan Watts coming back, obviously. You get Gavin Holmes, the transfer from Wake Forest. And then uh, adding Jalen Catalan to uh, to the secondary at that sa- safety position. I am a safety guy first and foremost when I'm watching defenses, so I cannot wait to see him cook. Trey's excited about this 2023 Texas football season. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. He's talking about the excitement surrounding the Longhorn football program right now. Clearly, we, we like the talent on our team, um, but when you start putting that together with staff continuity, the veteran players on our roster, and then the, the influx of the newcomers, uh, we've, uh, we, we've, we've built something here that we're excited about. And uh, you, know, you know, ultimately, we have to go out and play, and that's what's going to define us is by the way we play and the way we perform. Um, but I think we're, we're, we're set the stage for us to go out and have a really good training camp. And there's definitely a lot of excitement. I mean, I, I think that when you look at, you know, the season ticket sales in June and being sold out in June, over 68,000 season tickets. I know our student tickets are uh, on a record pace right now of, of what's to be sold. So I think there's a lot of excitement in the air uh, amongst the program. A lot to be fired up about. Uh, a lot of really good players coming back. A great staff coming back. Uh, like I said, a lot of influx of, of new players that can help this team uh, be even better. And and then now it's time to put in the work. Shout out to Roger Wallace, our buddy over at KXAN for, uh, for that video. Uh, yeah, look, Sark's right, and you're right, Trey. I mean, there are tons of reasons to be optimistic about this Texas football program, and you and I are generally pessimistic, right? Like anybody who's ever listened to us do radio in the past know that we're usually not only glass half empty, but maybe glass half shattered guys when talking about Texas football. You always call it UTSD, right? Like the Longhorn version of PTSD from what we and so many other Texas fans have from what this program has put us through over the last 12 years and you know, for some longer than that. So uh, it's, I understand people being cautiously optimistic or being a little bit skeptical or hesitant to buy in, but there are a ton of reasons to buy in to what Texas has this year. And, and I think it starts with the offense, like you said, man. I mean, yours especially, but there's just so much talent, 10 returning starters, a lot of reasons to feel like, hey, this offense, which was very good last year, can take a step, be even better, and be even more consistent this year, which obviously can take Texas to the Big 12 championship game and hopefully beyond. Is there a reason in your mind right now to not be optimistic about this football team other than the fact that it's the Texas football program that has let us down more often than not over the last, what, 14 years now? That's the number one reason, honestly. The number two reason is Steve Sarkeesian, really. I mean, uh, he's done a great job building this roster, right? This is the deepest Texas roster that we've seen since maybe 2010. And this might be the most talented roster that we've seen around Texas since 2010 as well. I mean, this roster is in a great spot, and this program feels incredibly, incredibly healthy. So 
I'll give Sark and the rest of this coaching staff a major tip of the cap for being able to get as much talent together as they've been able to accumulate over the last three years. But, I mean, this guy's got the nickname Seven Win Sark. It didn't come from his time at Texas, right? Like Washington and a couple of years at USC. I think the job he did at Washington was really impressive. He was able to turn that program around and had some success, but he kind of plateaued towards the end of it there. And obviously at USC, plenty of other stuff going on with Steve Sarkeesian that uh, cost him his job out there. But still, we know how much talent USC has year in and year out, and they weren't able to achieve the goals that they generally set for themselves as a program. So like Sark has done a great job. He has to get better at adjusting, Trey. Like that has been the issue for Sark over his first two years in Austin. His game scripts, like the first 15 plays, were amazing, and they have been amazing. And it just feels like Texas has gotten off to so many hot starts over the last couple of years, especially last year where, oh, man, Sark was just deep in his bag. He was cooking, and Texas was basically getting whatever it wanted offensively. And then in the second half of games, it just felt like Sark was losing the battle of wits to the opposing coaching staff. He's got to get better. He's got to be able to adjust because obviously there's some good coaches in this conference. There's going to be some better coaches in the SEC next year when Texas makes the move. He's got to find a way to win that battle of wits more often than he did. So honestly, it's Sark just not having seen a Sark team, not only in Austin, but throughout the entirety of his head coaching career, really win a conference championship make it to a New Year's Six Bowl, and achieve the success that uh, fans have lofted on him. That's the biggest question mark for me is if he can take that next step and prove that he is a big game, big moment type of head coach who's going to have his team ready to play every single Saturday. He's called him 7-win Sark. Unfortunately, the proof is in the records right now, and it's a broken record time for me in pointing out that Steve Sarkeesian has not been very good against top 25 competition nor against conference competition on the road throughout his coaching career. He loses two out of every three games in each of those situations. He's going to have have an opportunity to reverse both of those trends this year. Now, it's not a conference game necessarily, but starting week two of the season against Alabama, that's going to be so telling. Even if Texas loses that game, if they're competitive and they're in it until the end, watch out because you're only going to see this team's confidence grow to be able to stick with a team like Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Obviously, it was a close game here in Austin last year. Speaking of hot, that was maybe the hottest I've ever been in that football stadium. But it was a raucous environment, and Texas was very close to winning that one. You wonder if Quinn Ewers doesn't end up getting healthy early on in that game, if Texas does uh, find a way to, uh, to pull it out. But Steve Sarkeesian has to win those sorts of games Again, if he doesn't win in Alabama, but he keeps it close and then uh, really gets them started on the right path to where they do win that first conference game this year in Waco, that is a tricky, tricky game, as Longhorn fans are well aware over the years, and then just continuing to build from there. I think the opportunity is absolutely here for the Texas Longhorns to make a statement in their final season of the Big 12 by either winning a regular season Big 12 championship or making it to that conference championship game, winning that one, and hey, you never know if they finish the season with a single loss and that loss was at Alabama, then uh, maybe we see the Longhorns playing in a college football playoff semifinal game. I'm getting the car mm. in front of the horse at this point when I say something like that, BK. Your glass that's completely Yeah. Oh, my God. That's glass completely full today. I love <laughs> it. Early morning tray. I'm not used to this. Delusional. Uh, it's the uh, the legal weed here in Colorado has me uh, has me delusional right now. I guess. Yeah. Is that where you are right now? You've got a pretty nice backdrop behind you. Is that some mountains I see back there? 
Yeah, mountains and some trees or maybe some aspens back there. Yeah, I know my family is vacationing in Breckenridge right now. We got here last Friday, and this, these plans have been on the books for a couple months, but uh, this new venture uh, does not wait for vacations to be over with. So I had to make sure to bring my broadcasting equipment with me and uh, get ready to go uh, <laughs> the, the first morning of the, uh, of the, the launch of this channel, and then also from 12 to 1 Central Time uh, over the rest of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a start. Look, I, I think every Texas fan would agree that this season would go down as a major disappointment if the Longhorns don't at least make it to the Big 12 championship yep. game, right? I mean, for a lot of folks, they've got to win it, and Texas is favored to win the Big 12 for the first time in a long time. Now, I know Texas has had high preseason predictions every year for the last 12 and they've come up short in just about every single year. This is the first time in a long time that Texas has been the outright favorite to win this conference. So if you're saying, Hey, the Longhorns have to win their big 12 or win the big 12 on their way out. I don't blame you. I mean, this is the most talented team in the conference uh, returning starter at quarterback, 10 returning starters on offense. They've got more than half of their defense back from a season to go. And this big 12 feels wide open. I mean, you think of the team that has dominated this conference pretty much since its inception, the Oklahoma Sooners, and they're coming off their worst year in a long, long time. And, God, they've got a cakewalk schedule, too. It's crazy that uh, the Big 12 kind of threw them a couple of bones on their way out. Uh, so, like, they should be better, and it's year two of Brent Venable, so you assume they're not going to suck as much as they did last year. And as much as we all would love to see a repeat of 49 to nothing at the Cotton Bowl, uh, I don't know if we're going to see that this year, but still, Oklahoma's in a in a weird transition phase. They're not as good as they've been for most of their time in the Big 12. Uh, you know, K-State's good. I know TCU made it to the championship game last year, but they lost a ton, and they also won a ton of one-score games last year. It's really hard to replicate that type of success, so I think everybody expects them to take a step back. So it's the combination, Trey, of yeah, Texas being good and experienced, and in year three, of Steve Sarkeesian combined with the fact that, yeah, this conference seemingly has more questions than answers right now. That's why people are feeling really, really good about what this year can be. Are we sure Brent Venables isn't uh, being choked out by trying to consume that fire hose still like he was <laughs> at the end of year one? Oh, man, maybe that uh, should have been a sign that he was in over his head because he was talking about deep-throating a fire hose in front of a bunch of people at Big 12 media <laughs> days last year. I mean, what the hell was he talking about there, dude? That, uh, that should have been a sign, I think, to OU fans that maybe it was going to be a rough year one for him. That was that was a bad cliff. Look, look, I'm not I'm not totally convinced that Oklahoma is going to have it figured out this year. I know that uh, everybody has that muscle memory of assuming that they're going to finish near or at the top of the conference when the season is all said and done. But uh, I don't necessarily see Brent Venables as the guy to lead that program uh, heading into SEC play. They may be stuck with them for uh, a year or maybe even two uh, their first two years of SEC play, but I think ultimately it will be uh, figured out on the Sooner side of things that Brent Venables is not going to be the guy, but they've done a good job of continuing to stockpile talent on that roster. They do continue to recruit well. I just uh, I just don't know if uh, Brent Venables can be the leader of men in terms of offense and defense. Obviously, he's a good defensive play caller, but ultimately I have Oklahoma finishing closer to middle of the pack. I think they they are still in the upper echelon of this conference, but they end up finishing behind Texas, Kansas State, uh, Texas Tech, Baylor. I think Baylor has a bounce back year this year. I think TCU falls back to earth much like Baylor did last year. And TCU and Oklahoma are probably in a similar position when it's all said and done. 
Yeah, shout out to my buddy Tanner, who's actually an OU grad watching this morning. But uh, a lot of love for Texas Tech, man. I mean, Tech fans are excited all of the time about everything. And it cracks me up just how pumped they get over the smallest things and how they think every year is going to be this year, uh, their year in every single sport. And way more often than not, they come up short of their expectations. But, look, it was a really, really successful year one for Joey McGuire. I mean, they beat Texas and Oklahoma in the same year for the first time in program history. They've recruited incredibly well. It's not often recently where you've seen Tech in the top 25 and all of the recruiting rankings out there. But McGuire, who's got a ton of connections from the state during his high or through his high school career as a head coach, a very successful high school coach here in Texas, they've got things rolling a little bit, and they kind of be. A, uh, it feels like they're kind of a trendy pick, Trey to make some noise in the Big 12. I actually was watching SportsCenter last week, and they were talking some college football, and somebody said they're a dark horse college football playoff contender in year two of the Joey McGuire era. So I wouldn't go that far, but Tech, a lot of returning talent. They hit the portal hard. They've recruited well. Feels like there's a little bit of buzz in Lubbock. Thankfully, that game is in Austin this year, but obviously we know how that game went down between these two teams a season ago. Yeah, and I think for Texas Tech, it all comes down to Joe McGuire and just how good of a head coach he is. He has proven the ability to build a program uh, throughout his coaching career. Obviously, he did so in the high school ranks, went and uh, served in that uh, assistant head coach capacity with Dave Aranda in Waco for a couple of years. And uh, when he was hired, Tech people were underwhelmed, but I was telling them at the time, look, this guy is a legitimate coach. Assuming that you guys don't fall behind in the NIL game, Texas Tech has not, to their credit. Uh, He is going to do a great job of really utilizing the relationships that he has established throughout this state over the years and bring a ton of talent into Lubbock. And that is happening right now. And so would I be surprised if Texas Tech made a college football playoff this year? Absolutely. Would I be surprised if they were playing in a Big 12 championship game in early December? No, I wouldn't. I think that they are in that uh, top three or four teams that has a legitimate chance to do so. Shout out to our guy, CB. Always loyal. He said it. Tech talking a bunch. Their fans, their players, their coach. A lot of confidence in Lubbock right now. Uh, We'll see how Texas Tech is. But once again, a very good year one for Joey McGuire and company. Just got a text from Bucky. Tell them an app is coming. Lots of questions about the app. Yes, we mentioned this early on. We are in the process of developing our own app to where you're literally just going to be able to search Texas Sports Unfiltered in the App Store or the Google Play Store. You're going to be able to download the app for free, so you'll be able to listen to every live show, just that, live on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. So it is coming. Uh, We don't quite have things finished yet. We want to make sure we have everything set up perfectly by the time we launch this thing, but we're hopeful that uh, maybe this week we are going to have that free app available to you just as another way to listen. So, Uh, Yeah, when you're in your car, we want you to keep this thing locked in, and that app is going to give you the best way to do just that. A couple of Longhorn comments on the comments thread. JP says, Sark has never had a 10-win season, but you got to keep faith. Agreed. Jason asks, I think Texas goes 10 or 2 or 9 and 3. Is that unrealistic? Too optimistic. No, I think that is uh, I think that is a realistic expectation for this football team right now. Nine wins is realistic. 10 uh, I'm not going to even call that overachieving. 11 or 12 might be overachieving, but 9 to 10 uh, is, I think, right at where this Longhorn football team should be right now. Yeah, I mean, the Vegas win total is 9.5, so that's basically the expectation there. And a lot of people subscribe to the theory that 
hey, your team has a successful season if they hit the over. And I kind of think that's the case for Texas this year. Look, nine and three would be another step in the right direction, but you'd be a little bit underwhelmed and you're not necessarily guaranteed a spot in the Big 12 championship game if you go 9-3. and three. Although, in this conference this year, I'd say it's pretty likely that Texas would find their way to Jerry World if they can win nine games. But, uh, yeah, 10-2. and two. I mean, it, it double-digit wins. It'd be the first time in Sark's career. It'd be the first time for Texas in a while, especially in a regular season. And uh, that would definitely have you playing in the Big 12 conference championship game with a really, really good shot to make a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, look, Trey, Texas is going to be favored. We'll see what happens. Obviously, if injuries pop up, knock on wood, then this is all subject to change. But if Vegas were to release lines for the 12 regular season games on Texas's schedule right now, the Longhorns would be favored in 11 of them. Like, we already know they're underdogs in Tuscaloosa. Okay, nobody goes into Alabama and is a favorite. Like, that, that's not surprising there. Although I do think that could be a winnable game this year with the questions Alabama has at quarterback trying to replace a guy like Bryce Young. But, yeah, the other 11 games – as of this moment, Texas would be favored in. So I, I don't think I don't think they're going to go eleven and one. But I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world to think that this team has a chance to go eleven and one, considering just that. Other than Alabama, what is the game on this schedule that concerns you the most? Other than Alabama, what is the game on this schedule that concerns me the most? Um, the easy hmm. answer is Oklahoma up in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what, where I would go. Uh, look, we as Texas fans can't get too high going into that game because years where Oklahoma has clearly been the better team, Texas has obviously found ways to win uh, at times over the last decade, decade and a half. So that game's never a gimme. You throw records, everything out the board uh, or out the window when uh, these two teams get together at the Cotton Bowl. So that one worries me a little bit. I know Texas has had success against Kansas State. Uh, over the last few years, but that game will always scare me. And I feel like K-State's got a really, really good shot to uh, to win this conference. They were picked to finish second by the uh, media at uh, Big 12 Media Days a couple of weeks ago. So that one worries me a little bit. Um, you brought up the Baylor game, too, in Waco. That'd be just such a crappy way to, to start conference play if you lose that one. So you asked me for one. I've, I've given you three. I need to shut up and let you talk. I'll go, I'll go Oklahoma just because it is the Oklahoma game, but I might be in the minority. Like I think most years people would say Oklahoma without question, but because of their questions and issues that they seemingly have, maybe I'm wrong with that one. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's uh, very fortunate for Texas that they get Kansas State and Texas Tech in Austin. Uh, as tough as those games can be at times, typically that involves uh, those games being in Lubbock or Manhattan. So those games happening in Austin uh, is really works to the advantage of Texas. I think it probably is that Baylor game for me. If you're not going to talk about the Oklahoma game, which you know that that game is its own beast, but uh, that Baylor game because it's in Waco, we know how rowdy that crowd can get, and we know how amped up they're going to be to really put that negative mark on the Longhorns record at the start of conference play too. I have a ton of faith in Dave Aranda as a head coach. Um, I, I am very intrigued to see what Baylor turns into throughout the course of this season. That's going to be a, a, a moment for them to try and make a statement for themselves. Ultimately, I think Texas does win that game, but it's, uh, it's going to be a nail-biter for Longhorn fans, I have a feeling. All right, we'll get back into the Texas football and college football conversation here in a moment. But, Trey, we got to tell the people about some of our sponsors, and we'll start with audio-visual consultations. Tom McKay and the crew at AV Consultations, we love these guys. If you followed our careers, you know that AV Consultations has been with us every step of the way, and they can hook you up. We've got less than a month 
until college football season gets here. Make sure you reach out to AV Consultations to get your home TV set up done the right way so you can watch all the football at your home all season long. Yeah, both you and I have uh, taken advantage of the great work of audiovisual consultations for more than a half decade now, BK. You've done the multi-TV setup and in, uh, in multiple bedrooms throughout uh, the, the different places that you've lived in Austin and now Houston and then Austin again before too long. And uh, my family is very thankful because we have a dream home theater set up downstairs. We also have uh, an upstairs video game nook now in a loft area that my son and I take advantage of all the time through the uh, Xbox that he purchased a few months ago, playing FIFA, playing Madden. He loves playing the Minecraft as well. And that's all thanks to audio visual consultations. Go to avconsultations.com to see what they can do for you. And then you're going to give them a call because you're going to say, hey, Come over to my home. Come over to my place of business and do uh, this great work that you provided for so many people, all, going back all the way to 1988. 512-255-8678. Mm-hmm. is the number to call, and our friends at AV Consultations will take care of you. All right, Trey. Look, we're going to talk plenty of sports on this channel, of course, and we'll get into the craziness surrounding college football realignment here in a little bit. Everybody knows us. We love going off the beaten path from time to time. And we're going to have some fun and we're going to try to bring you all the craziest slash most ridiculous stories that we could possibly find on the interwebs. And now this has been a story for a couple of weeks, but you and I have not had the opportunity to get together and discuss this. There is a Japanese man who has paid nearly $16,000 to basically turn himself into a dog. Yeah, this is a, a real story. There's a man who goes by the name Toko actually creates YouTube videos if you want to support this for some reason. And he basically has a lifelike, dog-like fur costume, and he goes out in public like walking like a dog on a leash. Mm. Uh, here's a little video that I was able to find from uh, the website x.com. I don't know if you're familiar with this one, Trey, but it's it's kind of new. Is that like different hub? Yeah, you know, I thought it was. I got really excited when I typed that in for the first time, but unfortunately it didn't it didn't take me to those videos that I was looking for. I did type in xvideos.com though and it, it don't do that at work. That's all <laughs> I'll say. But uh, here's a little bit of a video of uh, what we're talking about with this guy who literally has paid to turn himself into a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's the little wave. The little wave. Dying right there. (laughs) So that is not a dog. That is actually a man inside a collie costume. And once again, he spent like almost $16,000, which is basically the equivalent of 2 million Japanese yen to create that lifelike collie costume that he could inhabit. There are videos of this guy walking around. There are videos of him trying to play ping pong. There are videos of him doing self-introductions where he's not talking, of course, because he's trying to be a dog, but he's like holding up these signs saying who he is. And this guy literally spent thousands and thousands of dollars to try to turn himself into a dog. And uh, that, I guess, is where we are in the year of our Lord 2023. Plenty of people are pointing this out on the comments line. CB, uh, Tanner couple of others as well uh yes that does look a lot like revelry the aggies live mascot which makes you wonder bk if uh perhaps before too long we see some sort of uh, aggie collie fetish happening 
Oh, man. I mean, it does feel like whoever's inside that suit is an Aggie, right? Like, Toko has not released his actual identity, but well, assuming it's a he, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this dude is at least an A&M fan, if not a graduate of Texas A&M University with this type of weird fetish that he's got going. Can you please play that video one more time? Because this thing falls over like it's about to die. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> is that normal dog behavior there it's the like dogs to, to speak to the camera and wave to the camera oh my gosh yeah this guy spent all the money on the costume and literally the only trick that he does is waves like that's his bit is he just like waves to people as they walk by it's i mean to fall over and and Wave at the camera. That's his trick. Like all the money, play. all the money in the world, man. I mean, look, everyone's got hobbies, and you know, to each his or her own. Whatever, that's fine. Do what you want in this life. But could you imagine spending sixteen k on that? Like to just try to be a dog. And look, their dogs, dogs have cool lives at times, right? Like they just get to sleep all day, and people clean up after their shit. How uh, we could say that because we're on YouTube. It's a beautiful thing. There's the first S bomb. I'm surprised it took us forty minutes to get there. Uh, there's some cool things that, uh, that dogs have, but for the most part, it probably sucks to be a dog, right? And the worst part that I think about is having to eat the same freaking thing mm. twice a day, every day. And oh, by the way, not being able to choose when you eat, like that is one of the many problems with being a dog. That's one of the many reasons why it's amazing to be a human and why we're lucky as hell to be us instead of dogs. And this guy is literally like trying to give up his ability to be a human being, to go be a dog. And I just have no idea why. Okay, so you do bring up the downside to being a dog. The fact that you can't eat whenever you want to. And by the way, that's a big deal for canids because they are scavengers. So they, they are ready for that next meal. That's why dogs, I know everybody loves dogs. Dogs are man's best friend. Dogs are loyal to the next hand that feeds that creature because mm. that's how hard up they are for food. But a dog's life is also pretty sweet, BK. Yeah. You basically get to sleep whenever you want to, uh, assuming that you have decent owners that aren't putting you outside in 100 degree for, for hours on end. And you get to lick yourself whenever you want to as well. <laughs> sleep and lick yourself whenever you want to. That's not a terrible life, is it? We can do that. You mean we can lick ourselves? What are you Ron Jeremy now, licking yourself whenever you want to? <laughs> I'm not doing that, but we have the ability to do that. Now, not everywhere. There are certain areas of ourselves that we can't lick that dogs, I guess can, but you know. crotch area. Come on. I'm not talking uh, about your forearm. Um, you I guess this crotch area. Cause I want to see proof of this right now. Back up and let's let, let the people see this video. Dude, if I could, I would literally on camera. Actually, I wouldn't do it here. I'd start an only fans and make a crap ton of money doing that shit. All right. Like, if I had the ability, if I was the one non baby human in the world, cause I feel like babies can do that. Cause they're ridiculously flexible. I was the one like adult who could do something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't use that talent on YouTube. I'd be going to OnlyFans for sure. Yeah, that's the right way to play that one. Ah, man, we've got a guy identifying as a dog. Maybe maybe he's onto something here. He gets the best of both worlds, right? Like he gets to take off the costume whenever he wants and be a human and and benefit from everything that goes into being a person. And then he also gets uh, some of the coolness that goes into being a dog, I guess. No, I'm, I'm not going to justify this anymore. This guy's a creep and a psycho. This Wags, a- a.k.a. Adam Wagner, is weighing in on the comments line now. I can get down there. No, you can't, Wags. <laughs> no, you can't. There may have been a time that you could get down there, but you're not getting down there now, Nick Swartzen.
Oh, that is gross. That is gross. Yeah, Wax is going to be a big part of this channel, too. We're excited about that. I'm going to play this one more time just to give people nightmare fuel moving forward. I mean, my God, dude. Once again, Toko is this dog human's name. If you want to search him on YouTube and get more content. Like they've just been shot. (laughs) It's cow tipping, but for dogs. It's like what he's replicating right there. Oh, my God. Like a long time to get the dog's mannerisms down before going out in public or taking videos of things. You're still not there, Toko. That's not mm. natural at all. You look like a human in a dog costume who just fell onto the ground and tried to wave to the camera. It's exactly what it looks like. Um, the article I'm reading says they reached out to Toko for a comment on the matter, and Toko did not comment because, you know, he's a dog, so he's got to keep the bit going. He wasn't going to talk. <laughs> Troy, last thing on this before we get to some realignment talk, Troy asked a very good question. What happens if he bites someone? Do they have to put him down? Do they get arrested for assault and battery? Toko wants to be treated like a dog, so I don't know. Under consideration. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, man, what a story. We appreciate all the comments and all the love as we roll along here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Normally, Trey and I will be together from 12 to 1. Normally, Bucky Godbolt will be with me in this spot. Bucky had some travel issues coming back from his 50th high school reunion, so Uh, He's making his way back to Austin. He actually had to spend the night at the Atlanta airport last night. Uh, A late 60s man who looks like he's about 160 having to sleep at an airport instead of taking a hotel close by. So uh, the buck is hopefully making his way back to the ATX today. And uh, he should be good to go tomorrow from 8 to 10 right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Uh, Before we get to some college football realignment talk, there's obviously plenty to get into there. I got to tell you all about Altstadt Brewery and Altstadt Beer. Speaking of guys who have been with me for a long time, Altstadt has been with me since day one, and I freaking love these guys, and I love their beer. If you're looking for a great beer to accompany your summertime activities in Austin and Houston and Dallas and San Antonio, wherever you may be watching or listening, you've got to try Altstadt Beer. They've got a ton of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there, and every Altstadt is brewed with just four simple ingredients there are no additives no sugars no preservatives in any of the altstat family of beers so you can feel good about what you're putting into your system most importantly you're going to enjoy what you're putting into your system because every altstat tastes great pick up a six-pack maybe a couple of six-packs at heb specs twin liquors total wine wherever you go to find your beer all across the state of texas you can find altstat beer it is the official beer of bk it should be the official beer of you as well it's altstat beer no impurities no regrets. And BK, last thing on that uh, human dressing like a dog story. George asks if uh, Toko is spayed. I don't know, but Toko should be uh, spayed or neutered if that is not the case already because that person should not be having kids. Uh, <laughs> yes, I agree with that 100%. And shout out to Teddy. Yeah, the Peach Rattler from Altstadt. Very, very good seasonal summer beer. Check that thing out if you haven't yet. Yeah, I will have to try. I like I like the uh, the the peach summer beers. So I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah, it's not too much. It's not too peachy. You still get the uh, greatness of the Altstadt Lager, but also the famous Fredericksburg peaches. Yeah, they use legit Fredericksburg peach juice in there, and uh, it makes for a spectacular beer. All right, Trey, 
Let's talk realignment, shall we? I mean, I, I feel like I need to keep refreshing Twitter. Like it's the start of NBA free agency, which is how much news keeps dropping in regards to realignment in college sports. I think we're we're in a, a spot right now to where things are starting to settle down a little bit. But obviously the last week has been crazy as hell. It started with the announcement that Colorado was moving to the Big 12 starting in 2024. And then just shit hit the fan from that moment on the Big 10, adding both Oregon and Washington. And then the Big 12 in reaction to that, adding three more schools, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. So Texas won't get to be a part of the new look Big 12, or at least the newest look Big 12. Obviously, there are four new schools in the Big 12 this year, and Texas will play a couple of them this season. But I I don't even know where to begin. I guess just I'll give you the floor. Your biggest takeaways from this latest round, I don't think we can call it the last round because this thing never stops, but the latest round of realignment in college athletics. Yeah, this officially, well, maybe not officially, unofficially uh, puts an end to one of the worst leadership tenures in sports history with George Klyovkov and his attempt to maneuver the Pac-12 through the craziness of NIL and realignments and really just overplaying his hand repeatedly uh, going back more than a year now that has left his conference in shambles, literally four members left in this conference, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. Those four schools are going to have to find a new home too because The Pac-12 is done, BK, even if officially they're not going to be done until the end of this athletics calendar year, the Pac-12 is no more. And on the one hand, it is sad because the Pac-12 does have a fairly storied history. On the other hand, uh, times change. And if you don't evolve with the times, you get left behind. And that's exactly what is happening with the Pac-12 here. They overvalued themselves going back a year, uh, This would even be prior to USC and UCLA bolting for the Big Ten. But after USC and UCLA bolted for the Big Ten, they were still overvaluing what their worth was with that next media rights deal. And ultimately, that led to this conference's demise. And uh, kudos to Brett Yormark, a guy that I have spoken highly of for more than a year now, since the first time I spoke with him at Big 12 Media Days. Spoke with him uh, this most recent round uh, a month ago in Arlington. And I continue to be impressed, not only with what he has to say, but how he operates, how he is uh, an outside-the-box thinker. He's somebody who's willing to take risks, and he is someone who is always thinking several steps ahead. And He completely gamed George Klyovkov in the process by getting Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and now Utah into the Big 12 Conference. It was going to be hard for them to land an Oregon or a Washington, and it makes sense that those two schools are ending up in the Big 10 now. But uh, Brett Yormark has proven himself as an excellent uh, leader of a a lot of different types of organizations, by the way, because he was in charge of Rock Nation for a while before moving over to the Big 12. He is somebody who is likely headed for much bigger things before it's all said and done. As far as the Big Ten is concerned, I think they did a great job of going and finding value out west. UCLA doesn't have as much as USC, but you do attach those two schools at the hip. But they didn't feel the obligation to do that with Oregon State or Washington State and bringing Oregon and Washington over. So I think they got the best of what the Pac-12 had to offer and uh, leaving a lot of those other schools with uh, a decision to make as well. They made uh, those other four schools made the decisions that they did to go to the Big 12. It'll be interesting to see where Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal end up. It's not going to be in one of these major conferences, but here we are now, BK, with the college football 
playoff expanding in 2024. And we have a better sense of what major college football is going to look like. It doesn't involve a fifth Power 5 conference anymore. There is going to be a Power 4, and it may get whittled down to a Power 2 before it's all said and done. Yeah, welcome to the Mountain West, Oregon State. Good luck out there. You kind of feel for those four schools. And, you know, in a sense, all of this is sad, right? One of the things that makes college sports so great is tradition and rivalry. And we're losing a lot of that stuff. Now, obviously, we'll gain some new traditions and rivalries with all of these teams moving conferences. And obviously, for Texas's sake, well, they get to reignite a couple of old standing rivalries with AM and Arkansas. But uh, yeah, I mean, just the tradition and the pageantry of these college football rivalries that we've seen for hundreds of years, it's all going away. And I get it. It's the almighty dollar. Like, I, I can't be too critical of these universities wanting to do what's best for their university. And that's going to these major conferences to make a crap ton of money on uh, on television deals. But you do kind of lose the uh, some of the things that make college sports unique. And this thing, look, college football has really been a professional sport for a long, long time. But now it is feeling and acting way more like a professional sport. So I get it. But uh, it's sad that we're losing some really, really good matchups that have been played for a long, long time in the, in the history of college sports. Yeah, you uh, you talk about how this isn't done just yet, and you're absolutely right about that, BK. The next shoot to drop is is going to have to do with the ACC, and Florida State is beginning to lead that charge right now. Schools in that conference are really unhappy with how that TV deal looks right now and how long that TV deal goes, too. I believe it goes into the middle of the next decade, into the middle of the 2030s, before schools are able to lead that conference if they want to. So schools are looking at a bunch of different possibilities and how to get out of that deal or to help finance themselves getting out of that deal to land in a better conference. And Florida State is actually looking at private equity right now as a way, as a possible salvation to help them leave the ACC. Don't be surprised to see some of these other schools uh, start to look along those lines too. Yeah. And before it's all said and done, we could see Florida State in – the SEC, that might make sense, or the Big Ten. The Big Ten seems willing to go over that 16 number, obviously, with the schools that they just added. Or the Big 12 maybe makes sense for a Florida State. I'm not totally sure right now, but I do know that uh, schools that are in the ACC right now see the amount of money that the SEC and Big Ten are getting for their schools, and they realize that is doubling the number that the ACC is getting for their schools. They are going to quickly fall behind just from the basic numbers game of how much you are working with financially each and every year as you not only build that program up, but try and sustain it with the uh, the other legitimate competitions that exist across college football. Yeah, you and I were talking about this a little bit during – your night talker episode on ESPN Austin back on Friday. You just, you wonder when this thing is going to stop, right? Because I feel like for a while, a lot of college football fans just assumed we were headed to a four 16 team super conference format. And that was just going to be the way of the future in college sports. But well, you already have the big 10 surpassing 16 teams. So clearly they don't give a shit about what any of us think or what any of us want. They're doing what's best for them. And obviously the schools, once again, are doing what's best for them, trying to make as much money as possible. And they realize getting as many big brands in the same conference as you can gives you the best opportunity to make a ton of money from those TV networks. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where we're headed. We might be headed towards, speaking of professional sports, like an AFC-NFC type of format where it's literally just two huge conferences that, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC, maybe they rename themselves to something else. My God, hopefully the Big Ten changes its name at some point because 
it hasn't made sense for years. And if we're talking about them getting more than 20, it's going to be even more ridiculous that they're still calling themselves that. But yeah, we might get to that point to where it's just like two huge conferences with, you know, forget 120 plus, however many FBS teams there are. They might just take the top 40, 50, 60. And like, that's how we're going to determine a national champion every year. Like just all of those teams play each other. We've got a playoff format similar to what we have in the NFL. And then the winner of each of those conferences slash divisions, whatever you want to call them, they might be playing for the national championship. So that might be where this thing is headed. I think we almost have to get the idea of the four super conference bit out of our head because, once again, it doesn't feel like the conferences are falling in line with that at all. Yeah, you know, for a while, going back four or five years, when when I started to see the writing on the wall with regards to the direction that – college football was headed in. I thought that four 16-team conferences made sense, and there is a clear distinction between those four conferences and then that next level of college football, which, by the way, you're giving that next level a chance to win a national championship when you put that clear line in place and you allow them to operate their own playoff too. But I think you're probably right about that. I think in the end it probably does turn into a two-super conference bit and maybe the the Big Ten and the SEC end up taking on – I mean, maybe the numbers still work out to where each conference is all of a sudden 32 teams, although I think the SEC would uh, fight hard against something like that. But I would love to see a system eventually set up. This is going to piss some people off, BK, but that's fine. That, you know, I'm trying yeah. to think about viable ways to make this happen going forward to ensure that the schools who are a part of the highest level remain competitive, where you have that highest level – and you have that line where it's like below this level, you are operating within a different playoff system. But at that highest level, uh, not only is there more money on the line in all likelihood because these schools are working with more to begin with, but you also have something like relegation come into play where if a school sucks so bad one year, they drop down to that lower level for at least a year, if not more, and a team that has proven themselves to be really good at that second highest level all of a sudden bumps themselves up. And I know that gets things into more of a uh, a professional feel, but we're not going to sit here and operate as if college football is an amateur sport at this point. There is entirely too much money on the line. And honestly, that's an ignorant way to look at things. That's the way the NCAA continues to try and look at things, which is why they're fighting battles that have already been lost five years ago. You know, you've got some some people on your side with this uh, relegation conversation, Trey. I don't know if anybody would sign up for that. I mean, hell, they can't even get the MLS to do it, and that's something that would probably make the MLS a little bit more popular in this country. Uh, I don't know if colleges would sign up to potentially lose out on money, right, because that's basically what you'd be doing if you got relegated to the lower conference or lower league, then you'd basically be saying, yeah, we're not going to take as much money from these uh, TV partners as we could if we stayed on board. But, man, that'd be very interesting. That would make those – potentially random meaningless late season games with two teams that are not bowl eligible. If bowls even still exist in the future of college football, Lord knows at this point, Hell, I'm not even sure Lord knows at this point. Then uh, that would obviously add some extra excitement to those the games between two teams who might be like two and nine going in. So uh, man, that would be, that would be a very, very interesting twist. And, and by the uh, way, it, this, is, this is rare, by the way, though, that uh, people are agreeing with you because usually, yeah, you do piss people off with your take. So congrats on maybe for the first time in our uh, media career together that people are actually on your side here. Yeah, you put the ter- the uh, terrible take Trey yoke on me many years ago, and that uh, still <laughs> reigns true from time to time. But I just want you to know this, BK, if relegation comes into play, 
Your Kansas Jayhawks are on the clock, my friend. What do you mean? Dude, Kansas is so back. You have no idea. You have no idea. They made a bowl game last year. Lance Leipold has a rolling. Uh, Jalen Daniels might be the best quarterback in the Big 12, which, yeah, he's at Kansas. You got to go all the way back to the Todd Reesing days. Lake Travis's own to where you felt like, all right, Kansas actually has a quarterback that gives them a chance to be competitive. And people actually think the Jayhawks are going to be good. So now nah, that all that stuff's behind KU, man. They are back. We're trying to figure out when Texas is going to be back. Uh, Kansas, we know for sure, is back. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. God damn you, Joe Tessator. By the way, Jalen Daniels was far and away the most sought-after interview at Big 12 Media Days this year. About that. Well, he also was wearing a chain that had like a little screen that showed highlights of himself. It was impressive. Season. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's something else, man. He's something else, and he knows it too. We're rolling along into hour two of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Hey, we don't have to play a legal ID. That's pretty cool. Yeah, hey, we don't have a five-minute commercial break that we have to play uh, after break for. That's also pretty cool as well. This uh, lack so- of traffic report brought to you by Top Gun. <laughs> hey, we can mention Top Gun right now. We do We do need to give some love to our sponsors. And shout out to our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. Uh, go see our friends if you need to tackle any job that you may have. They offer an extensive selection of rental equipment for everything from the small home projects to large construction jobs. They've got the biggest brands like Steel, Hustler, Toro, Walker, DeWalt, and more. And our guy, Brandon Morris. Trey, you know this dude very, very well. He is great people. Big Longhorn fan. He's the type of guy, Trey, that you want to have a beer or maybe even a full case of beer with. He's that good of a dude. Yeah, maybe a couple of shots while you're at it. I actually still remember meeting Brandon in person for the very first time. We were standing in line to get beers and corn dogs at Texas OU. This would have been like six or seven years ago, and I was talking to, two, I think it was my wife, and he turned around. He's like, you Trey? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm Brandon from Top Gun. And so we ended up – uh, shooting the shit and uh, really hitting it off from there. I see him every year at the Mullet Open and and Top Gun uh, in terms of the equipment rentals. Uh, there's no better place to go in Central Texas to uh, to do something like that, BK. Yeah, two Austin area locations, one in Anderson Square up north, the other on South First down south. Check them out online, topgun.net. They will shoot you straight. All right, thanks to all of you for watching and for all of the comments. Anything more on realignment, or do you want to get to uh, a staple from the old midday with Trey and BK? I guess the only other thing that I wonder about with realignment, BK, is does the Big Ten consider cutting from the bottom? Because they are at 18 now, and that's becoming a weird number. Because at that point... You know, how are you divvying up who plays whom annually versus a rotation of some of those other schools? So I wouldn't be surprised if the Big Ten and SEC are talking about things behind the scenes. And the SEC is like, look, Big Ten, like, I understand you want to add more valuable programs. And you've done that by getting USC, Oregon, and to a lesser degree, Washington and UCLA but these numbers are starting to not make sense. Can you maybe cut from the bottom? And if that happens, the Big Ten probably ends up getting rid of Rutgers first, maybe even Maryland second. But if that doesn't happen, then watch out because the Big Ten is going to be coming for every other possible valuable school. And that probably starts with Florida State, Clemson, maybe North Carolina too from the ACC, if and when some of those other schools really start to make a concerted effort to get out of that conference. Well, we're not talking about the potential of the Big Ten potentially poaching from the Big 12. Like, I know the Big 12 has done a tremendous, tremendous job keeping itself alive. You gave Brett Yormark a bunch of credit. 
Hell, here's something that I almost never do. I'll give Bob Bowlesby a little bit of credit. Now, his ineptitude is a huge part of why Texas and Oklahoma decided to bolt for the SEC, and he screwed up a ton, a ton during his time as Big 12 commissioner. I mean, overall, his tenure was not very good, but he was the first guy to at least realize that, okay, once the two biggest brands in the conference left, they had to do something, and he was a part of obviously landing Houston and BYU and UCF and Cincinnati. So he deserves some credit there. But yeah, Brett Yormark's obviously done a great job getting four schools from the Pac-12, and it feels like, all right, the Big 12 is is good. It's going to last. It's going to survive. Yeah, it's not as elite as the SEC or the Big 10, but all right, they're going to be okay. They've got enough teams. They've got enough big brands to get a good TV rights deal and uh, last for a number of years. Well, what happens if the Big Ten, I don't know, reaches out to Kansas? Like, there was a lot of talk about that a couple of years ago once the Texas and Oklahoma news dropped. And the Big Ten didn't want Kansas at the time, mainly because their football program sucked. But maybe they've got things going there. Obviously, their basketball team makes a crap ton of money. Like, that's a very valuable thing to sell to TV rights partners. So it's not just Kansas. It's any school in the Big 12. Like, what happens if if the Big Ten or the SEC ultimately decide that they want to poach from the Big 12 too? Like that's, you know, it feels like the Big 12 is stable right now, but I don't know if that's uh, if that's really the case with the way things are shaking out. My guess, and obviously you have to take this with a large grain of salt, if Florida State really is looking at private equity to help them get out of the ACC, but my guess is that the media rights deal that is in place for the Big 12 starting in 2025, I believe, is going to make it very difficult for a school to leave that conference without paying a huge sum of cash. By the way, this is a footnote on Utah joining the conference, considering that BYU is here as of this year for the sake of the uh, the Holy War going forward. Utah is going to make more next year than BYU is as a member of the conference because BYU is basically incrementally working their way up to what all the other schools are making. I think the four schools that joined this year are in that category, but Utah is going to make that lump sum that's just over $30 million dollars once they enter the conference next season. So just uh, more fodder for those two sides to fight over when it gets to it. But I feel like, I mean, you make, you make up an, you make an interesting point and it is always possible, but because of how smart Brett Yormark has been in putting together these contracts, including by the way, ensuring new schools getting the same cut as everybody else, which isn't even happening in the big 10 Oregon and Washington, I believe are taking less initially to join that conference, although it's significantly more than what they would have made with that Apple uh, Pac-12 TV deal. Um, I think it's going to be hard for a Big 12 school to leave and not pay an arm and a leg in the process. Yeah, you might be right. What a joke, the Pac-12 TV deal, or lack thereof. I mean, Larry Scott put that conference in a horrible spot, and then George Klyovkov just basically said, hold my beer, and uh, did him one worse. Dude, dude, it was hilarious to watch the progression of that because it started as – Oh, the Big 12 is getting 30 million per school. Pfft, we're going to go way over that. We're going to be like 40 or 50 million. Then a couple months later, after USC and UCLA decide to leave, it's like, oh, look, we're still going to make like as much as the Big 12, if not a little bit more than that. Fast forward six months. I mean, look, it's going to be in the ballpark somewhere is that 30 million. Then it gets to not even them making an announcement at Pac 12 Media Day, which, by the way, was a Friday news dump Pac 12 Media Day this year. Probably smart by them, considering the direction the conference was headed in. Yep. Later, it's like, oh, we're actually going to make uh, 10 million plus less than uh, what the Big 12 was going to be making with that new TV rights deal. And at that point, uh, Colorado had already decided to leave. The writing was on the wall for some of those other schools who are still left there. And uh, here we are now with uh, a year away from there being only four major conferences in college football. 
It is crazy. It is crazy. Enjoy it while you have it. I mean, this year's already going to feel different with the four new schools in the Big 12, but yeah, next year is just going to be insane. And obviously with the 12-team playoff right around the corner, college football, as we've uh, grown to know and love it over the last few decades, is no moss. We're still going to love it. It's still going to be awesome. Hell, it might be more awesome when it's all said and done, but it's going to be very different from uh, from what we've grown accustomed to seeing. All right, one more love, one more shout-out to a sponsor real quick. Let's talk about our friends over at Syntex Tickets. If you need tickets to any event, you've got to check out our friends at Syntex Tickets. Go to their website, SyntexTickets.com. They are your trusted source for tickets to all of your favorite events, including Longhorn Games. Yeah, get ready for the season with Syntex Tickets. They've got Astros tickets, Rangers tickets, Cowboys, Texans, any team, any sport. They've got you covered. Plus, Austin City Limits Music Festival, concerts, and even broad way shows all of their tickets are 100 guaranteed don't deal with scalpers outside the arena get your tickets when you want them where you want them go check them out at syntextickets.com you ever all seen right. a broadway show bk have i ever seen a broadway show um not actually on broadway okay but i have been forced against my will to see a couple of broadway shows either a family member was a part of it or a friend was a part of it and, uh, dude, those things suck. Oh, my God. Like, you know, shout out to the people who do Broadway. Once again, to each his or her own. Do your thing. You can make money and make a living doing that. That's incredibly impressive. I'm not denying the talent. Those people are talented as hell. But my God, there is no place I'd rather be less. Doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? I don't want to be in a Broadway show. That's the last place I want to be in this world. So hopefully uh, I don't have to go to too many more of those in my life because I, I can't stand them. Perhaps the one place worse than a Broadway show, the porta pot at a Broadway show. <laughs> oh, God. They had those. Man, I was going to say a bookstore, either of those. You wouldn't catch me dead at either of those places. Bookstores are great places. I don't know what you're talking about. Even for somebody like you who is a non-reader, bookstore is probably a great place to uh, to meet the opposite sex. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, not worth it. I'm good. I'll, uh, I won't have sex that night if it keeps me out of a bookstore. <laughs> I won't have sex that month if it keeps me out of going to a bookstore. My God. Uh, All right, let's do it. This is uh, a staple of the old midday with Trey and BK. This has been a staple on every podcast that we've done and we are excited to bring it back for Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is now time for... Where are we at in society today? Yeah, buddy, it is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will give you a story that provides a sense of optimism. that has us all saying to ourselves, BK, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. Perhaps all is not lost. Maybe we will win that eventual war with the robots but sadly today is not that day and we start in the realm of birthday parties for where we at bk where a mom was trying to do something special for her daughter's fifth birthday party so she set up a barbie themed fifth birthday party barbie having a moment right now with the popularity of the new movie which is a really entertaining movie by the way don't let the haters hate it's a great flick. Go check it out. Please tell me you saw this with your wife. Please Go tell ahead. Me you, please tell me you saw this with your wife and not by yourself at the theater. I did see it with my wife, but I would go watch that movie with a group of guy friends. No problem there. 
Yeah, the problem is your guy friends, if you even have those, aren't going to agree with that statement, and they're not going with you. They're, they're going to Oppenheimer down the hallway. I, I don't have many guy friends. You're not wrong about that. But, and the, the few guy friends that I have probably wouldn't go with me. I consider you a friend. Even if you don't consider me a friend, you wouldn't go. Kevin Dunn doesn't go see movies in the theaters anymore. So at that point, I'm pretty much out of guy friends. But uh, if, uh, anybody, uh, anybody listening right now, if you're a guy and you want to go see Barbie, uh, I'll consider that offer. Um, yeah. So uh, this mom, she is setting up a Barbie-themed birthday for her five-year-old but unfortunately in the process she accidentally hired a stripper instead of a barbie look-alike you sure it was the mom and not the dad who put this together it was the mom julie is her name and she's on twitter i believe at julia gulia shout out to an adam sandler flick with that one Mm mm-hmm she posted a clip about it this week, and uh, it has gone viral. Her video starts by saying, quote, my parents hired an adult entertainer for my fifth. Wait a second. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm confused here. Julia is the five-year-old that has a, an Instagram account. Oh, my what God. These parents, doing? these parents may have done the stripper thing intentionally. My parents hired an adult entertainer for my fifth birthday party by accident. Wearing a Barbie pink shirt to honor the telling of the tale. Julie explains that when she was five. Okay. I clearly needed to read this story. before. <laughs> All right. Hold on here. Well, let's get back to the story. Get, I'm hitting a deck on this story. Okay. I was going to get back to the fact that there's a five-year-old posting on Instagram. Is that a thing these days? No, Julie I mean, is an adult now. Here's where I'm getting confused. Because okay, I, does she I, identify as a kid? We had a guy identify as a dog earlier in today's program. Now we have an adult identifying as a five-year-old or, or what's going on? Is a full-fledged adult, a full-fledged adult. She does have an Instagram account as an adult. And as an adult, she talked about how her parents, when she was five, accidentally hired a stripper for her fifth birthday, which was supposed to be Barbie themed. Mm. Now she is telling this tale in a pink shirt. And she explains when she was five that her mom hired an entertainer that she found in the phone book to dress up as Barbie. The only problem was is that there wasn't a photo to go along with the name in the phone book of this for hire Barbie in the phone book. And of course, the woman shows up. She is very clearly a stripper. Uh, the parents all realize this. The kids probably don't know any better. They're five after all. They don't know what strippers are. But yes, the stripper showed up to the birthday party and uh, apparently acted like a stripper. Uh, was dancing around, did adapt her routine just a little bit to be less risque for the audience. But ultimately, uh, quote, Julie recalls, she did not take off her clothes. I followed her around, thrilled that Barbie came to my birthday party. And all the parents had a pretty good laugh as well. So... I guess congrats to the dads at this birthday party for having a little bit more to uh, pay attention to versus the usual five-year-old birthday party. But uh, that was a birthday party fail by mom for trying to hire a Barbie lookalike and then accidentally hiring a stripper in the process. A stripper that didn't take off her clothes? Does that even count as a stripper? It just feels like a person at that point. That's apparently what strip clubs are in Alabama, where they're not allowed to be naked at all. Like they literally have to cover up their nipples with like booby tassels or something. Mm, yeah, I heard at the Amish strip clubs they actually put more and more clothes on as the uh, as the dance progresses. So maybe that's what was going on at this. And it's probably for the best that you know 
once they realized the mistake they had made that the stripper didn't go through her normal routine. That could have been a, a disaster for a lot of different people involved. But I did find video, actually, of this stripper. Let's see. At the, the uh, five year old's birthday party from back in the day. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. I should have teased that a little mm. bit longer and really gotten people excited like, oh, what do we have here? What are we about to watch? Texas Sports Unfiltered. No, they're being serious with the unfiltered bit. What's going on? Uh, no, nah, I just wanted to show you guys the man, dog, person, animal thing, whatever that is. Okay, where are we at? Story number one was a complete failure. That's my <laughs> bad on this one. We're going, we're going for uh, where are we at? Story number two here. Are you technically considered Gen Z, BK, or are you millennial? I forget. I'm millennial. I'm towards the back end of being considered a millennial, but I am a millennial, and I should not sound nearly as excited as I do to say that. So you are in your late 20s right now, 29? 29, yes, sir. So Gen Z is apparently aged 18 to 26, and there is new research out that shows that Gen Zers are real cheapskates when it comes to tipping in situations where all of us have become accustomed to tipping over the years. And it really starts with Gen Zers refusing to tip people who are delivering food to your doorstep, which in my opinion is a very egregious moment in choosing not to tip somebody. That person is providing a service. They're not getting paid a great rate in the process. And part of the way that they make their living is through tips. Yeah. Come on, Gen Z, tip the food delivery people. Do they think that the delivery charge that shows up in either the delivery apps or just from like Domino's or Papa John's or Pizza Hut, do they think that constitutes as the tip? Is that the reasoning? I would say yes, except there are other examples where Gen Z is half as likely to tip as everybody else. Like Gen Z doesn't tip when using a taxi or ride-sharing service. Mm. You tip the people who are getting you from point A to point B. It's yeah. Common I'll, courtesy. I'll be honest. I used to not do that as well. Um, I'm a very generous tipper at restaurants. And I've tipped yeah. every delivery driver that I've ever had. But I used to treat Uber and Lyft like, that's your job. Like, this, this is what you do. Uh, and I wouldn't, like, always not tip. Like, if there, there was great conversation or if they went above and beyond or if they got me there quickly, then I would throw in a nice, you know, tip on top of the actual cost. But I used to treat that like, nah, dude, that's your job. That's what you're getting paid to do. I'm not, I'm not just going to give you extra money for the sake of giving you extra money. But I've come around a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm more generous with that now. Perhaps there is some wiggle room in terms of the ride sharing. It's not always a cut and dry process. Like with the taxi, like you know that you're tipping the taxi driver when you're paying that bill. But with Uber, it's a little bit different. But I'm glad you mentioned restaurants because restaurants is the most obvious place where you're tipping. Unless you're at that rare restaurant that says we don't accept tips, the tip is in the price that we're charging you for food and drinks. And that's because we're trying to pay everybody a livable wage. But for most restaurants, you tip your server. Unless the experience is so bad that you ha you're having to make a point, in most instances, the starting point is at least 20%, if not a little bit higher than that. Only 35% of Gen Zers say that they always tip at a sit-down restaurant. That's how cheap this generation is becoming, that they're choosing not to tip at the most obvious place where you, where you need to provide that tip at the end of your meal. 
Now, the worst part is that the waiters and waitresses have to watch these kids get up and do a TikTok dance in the middle of their shift. And then after all of that, despite basically just ruining their lives by being obnoxious and being on their phones the entire time they're sitting down at the table, they uh, they don't get tips on top of that. Yeah, that's that's rough, man. 35%. That is freaking brutal. Now, I want to go back to something you said for a second. Yeah. You said start at 20%? You're starting there? You just said that you're a good tipper. Yes, 20% is the low point, and usually you're rounding up from whatever that 20% is. Damn. That was always taught 15% is the starting point. Now, I I almost always go above that, but hold on now. Start at 20%. You might ruffle some feathers with that shit, dude. No, 20% is the bare minimum. You watch. The people on the comments line are going to back me up on this one, and I would argue with inflation what it is right now, 25% is, is quickly becoming the standard. Yeah, inflation affects me too. It doesn't just affect them. It affects me. <laughs> All right, and I'm trying to get a business off the ground now with this Texas Sports Unfiltered thing. I need all the money I could get, so you better be bringing me like a free dessert or singing me happy birthday or something if you want 25%. Come on now. Let me tell you, if you're tipping 15%, you better not go back to that restaurant and hope that that server remembers who you are because your food is getting messed with. Uh, 15% is, that is a slap in the face to that server. Dude, 15%, it sounds like is more than half the people going into the restaurant these days. Oh, congratulations. You're not doing a TikTok video in the middle of your meal. You get to tip 15% now. No, tip 20% at a bare minimum, up to 25 or maybe even 30% if it's that good. And by the way, if they give you something for free, you add the tip on top of that too. Whatever is close to the cost of whatever it was that you got for free, that's what you're adding to the tip there. Mm. What about picking up food? Like if you order something online or over the phone, sports fan asks a good question. Well, didn't really ask a question, kind of mentioned what uh, he or she does when dealing with tipping. What do you do if yeah. you're picking no, I, up I think food? that's I think that's a pretty good standard. I probably tend to get closer to 20% even if I'm just picking it up because places are tend to be pretty good about sharing with everybody who is a part of that process within the restaurant. But I completely understand 15% if you're pick, just picking it up and starting at 20% if you're sitting down for the meal. What are you tipping for? You're picking it up. They're not serving you. They're just cooking the food. Exactly. They're cooking the food. They're getting the food packed up for you. They're getting the food ready to go at the to-go counter. There's uh, different levels to this here. And, and by the way, the people who are working at the to-go counter, or maybe it's a bartender who's at a uh, half-empty bar, like th those those people are reliant on uh, getting a little bit of extra cash in that situation to help them mind whatever financial gap they're dealing with. Mm. All right, so you're tipping on the pickup. You're tipping when you sit down. You're tipping the delivery driver. So well, Jason does bring up an interesting point here. I can't stand the guilt tipping on the iPads. Yeah, I think that... Um, I think that places do them uh, do themselves a disservice by only offering a couple different options for the iPads because there are times where they'll say 10, 15, or 20% on the iPad, and then they'll give you the option of the custom amount. You got to start at 15%. You go 15, 20, 25%, and then the custom amount. I've never seen 10, 15, or 20. I feel like I usually see 22, 25, and 50. 50? Not, not 50. I've never seen 50. That's ambitious. That's uh, if they have 50 on there, they're getting a $0 tip. I'm telling you that I'm typing custom amount and I'm putting zero. If they're putting that shit on there, that's a joke. Now but, do you, when you're at a, staying at a hotel, I typically put the uh, do not disturb the entire time at a hotel. I don't need you coming in and, and messing with my stuff as you're supposedly cleaning my room. But at the end of your hotel stay, 
are you leaving money on the pillow as a tip to the maid services coming in to clean up after you? What, did they lose a tooth? Why would I leave money under the pillow? On no. top of the pillow. No. I, I usually just leave a shirt every time I travel. Not intentionally, but that's their gift. They can either wear that shirt, give it out as a gift, sell it to somebody to make some money. It's more than I'd probably give them in a tip anyways. Like That's, that's their reward. Those maids don't want your chimichunga stained white t-shirt, okay? Chimichunga. Throw a a 10 or or 20 down on top of the pillow as a thank you for them having to clean up after you. Mm, Having to clean? They just got to change the sheets, man. It's not that bad. Change the sheets. There's there's probably some other cleaning up that has to happen there. They're having to gather up towels. They're having to clean the bathroom. Mm, Have you ever done the Costanza bit with the janitor at a hotel or something? Oh, is like that, is that the kind of tip you're talking about? A hotel? No, I've never slept with a hotel janitor before. Uh, that's now on my bucket list. Hadn't thought about that one before. That's a good idea. Me, glad I came up with that. All right, so I got a, I got a tip where, there where too. Are you trying to do? Where are you trying to do that deed? If you're going to make that one happen, uh, in the hotel room, right? Okay. Yeah, like it, I didn't know if you were going to go into like the custodian closet or something to, to make some plays. Ooh, I'm. Curious what's in there. And I Get always have high while you're uh while you're doing the deed. Hmm. All right. Made. Yeah, it'll be clean in there. At least I would hope. So that's good. Be able to sanitize right away. No problem with that at all. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, there's that conversation. Hey, a sponsor. I'm sure they're gonna be thrilled to follow this up. Let's talk about 7 Eleven, shall we? I don't I don't think I need to tell people too much about the greatness that is 7 Eleven. But, hey, it's hot as hell outside. Wherever you're watching this, you're probably dying from the heat. Go get you a Slurpee. Go get you a Big Gulp. Why not some snacks, too? 7-Eleven is your go-to convenience store for food, snacks, hot and cold beverages, gas, and so much more. And especially, if you're living in Austin, go see our guy Ish at the 7-Eleven off Monterey Oaks in South Austin. He's a great dude, a good friend of ours. He's a big-time Longhorn fan, too. He is going to take care of you. Make sure you check out the 7 Rewards program as well on the 7-Eleven app so you can earn some free stuff if you keep going in there. But 7-Eleven, they've got you covered with the Slurpees, the Big Gulps, the Snacks, everything you need. Go to any 7-Eleven. Once again, if you're in Austin, especially South Austin, go say what's up to our guy Ish at the uh, Monterey Oaks location. Real good people. Tell him you heard about it on Texas Sports Unfiltered, and he is going to take care of you. So special thanks to uh, 7-Eleven for jumping on board, Trey. BK, I, I am uh, not a big soda drinker at the age of 45. And even as a fat kid back in the day, like I would, my, uh, my soda of choice was always Dr. Pepper over Coca-Cola. The one exception though, and I still indulge in this in time to, from time to time as an adult, is that Coca-Cola Slurpee at 7-Eleven. And I was in a 7-Eleven the other day. It was not Ish's 7-Eleven uh, off of Monterey Oaks, but I was in a 7-Eleven the other day and was blown away by how much 7-Eleven has upped their Slurpee game over the last, I don't know, couple of decades now. Because the options are many. They've added some other soda options in terms of the Slurpee bit. but They do still have that classic Coca-Cola too, and it still tastes just as good as it did back in the late 80s and early 1990s. Do you go full Coke in your Slurpee? Yeah. Okay. I go with a little cherry on top. It's like 90 to 95% Coke and then uh, 5 to 10%. That's up to 100 yeah, cherry on top, and it hits the spot every time. But, yeah, they've got a ton of flavors these days, and 
This usually keeps that Slurpee machine working at Monterey Oaks. Sometimes that's an issue with the other ones. Not uh, not there. We got a comment from Troy or a question from Troy. When is the app coming out? Stay tuned. We're hoping we'll have the app ready to go this week. But uh, if not this week, it'll be very, very soon after that. We uh, are in the process of developing a free app that will be available in the App Store and in Google Play. So you'll be able to uh, catch us on the go and get that audio-only version of the show. And don't forget, if you're having to go somewhere right now, this video is going to stay on YouTube after we're done. And it won't only be on YouTube. We're also going to upload the audio version of this to Spotify, to Apple, to Google Podcasts. So you'll have plenty of ways that you're going to be able to consume Trey and BK, Bucky and BK, uh, Trey and Kevin, Trey and Bucky, just all of the great shows and great content that we're going to be promoting on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We are going to make it as easy as possible for you guys to be able to get all of it whenever and wherever you want on demand. So that app is uh, is coming out very, very soon. We'll obviously announce that on uh, on this channel, but also on our social media accounts as well. So you know exactly when it's ready to download. Yeah, we're trying to cover all the pieces. Now, I think this may be Rodney Rodriguez, uh, who has uh, signed up as Revved Up Sports Show TV. He says, 7-Eleven Pizza Man. I don't remember eating a ton of the 7-Eleven pizza back in the day. Have you had the 7-Eleven pizza before? Oh, the bear shit in the woods? Of course, man. I've had everything at that place. The pizza, the nachos with the little cheese and chili dispensers. Those things are great. They're pre-made sandwiches. Of course, the taquitos. On the roller, dude, I'm a sucker for 7-Eleven and just gas station taquitos in general. Uh, you would think I'm a trucker with the uh, amount of ridiculous crap that I eat from uh, those gas stations. I love that shit, man. I am all over it. Yeah, 7-Eleven pizza hits the spot every single time. Yeah, your guts are going to be failing you sooner rather than later. I know you've only had one moment where you've had to to ha- to take a public deuce since you've been in Houston. That, that number is going to go up exponentially over the next 10 years. We shall see, my friend. I got a hunch maybe it's not, but uh, we'll see about that. Uh, all right. What do you want to do? You want to do baseball or NFL here? What do you want? You want to get into this uh, Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson fight? Or do we want to yeah, let, about- show this highlight? This is this is uh man. Baseball fights. When, when the fight actually happens, some of the best fights in the history of sports are baseball fights. And a lot of them seem to happen at second base too. BK. Yeah, this is a great one. So I'm sure most of y'all have seen the video of this by now. But uh, over the weekend, the Guardians were taking on the Chicago White Sox in Cleveland and these are two really good players. Tim Anderson is having a horrible year, but he's been an all-star at points throughout the course of his career. He's a very solid shortstop, and he has been for the White Sox for a few years now. And Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in baseball. Uh, he was an all-star this year. He's been an all-star the last few seasons. If you're a baseball fan, you know exactly who these guys are. And so these aren't just scrubs, right? Like sometimes you get these brawls, and they're involving dudes that you've never heard of. No, these are two kind of household names for baseball fans and uh, we've got the video and also some hilarious audio of uh, this incident that took place. Check it out. Slide, safe, and in the score is Jimenez. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Jose and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. What a call there. Yeah, that was the uh, Guardians radio broadcast with the call there. And you're right. I mean, he makes it sound like a heavyweight boxing fight, or he makes it sound like he's Joe Rogan on the call of a major UFC knockout. It was well done going from baseball announcer to a combat sport announcer there. But damn, a haymaker thrown by Jose Ramirez. 
and he basically knocked Tim Anderson out cold. Yeah, I you know, the first time I watched that video, I was surprised by how quickly Tim Anderson dropped his glove and squared up. But then I didn't realize the first time watching that Ramirez caught him. He clocked him on the jaw and literally got him to fall on his butt as a result. I thought Tim Anderson got the best shots in, but clearly uh, Ramirez won that fight because Tim Anderson did get knocked cold for a split second. Yeah, and when he got back up, dude, it was a struggle for him. There's video from after the fight where he's kind of telling his teammates that he's good, like, I'm good, I don't need help. And he tries to sort of walk on his own back to the first base dugout, and he is stumbling. Like, his teammates are basically having to keep him from completely falling down again. So, he got him good, man. I mean, it, it doesn't look like the hardest punch ever thrown in the history of punches thrown, but I guess it was the perfect spot where Jose Ramirez landed right there on the jaw that uh, obviously knocked Tim Anderson completely down and made it rough for him for the next few moments. That was quite the scene to see. Tim Anderson either has a a glass jaw or he got caught perfectly. And by the way, he plays a sport where you're not regularly getting hit hit in the face, hopefully. I know sometimes (laughs) that does happen, usually through uh, an errant throw or a ball off the bat. But uh, to take a shot like that, yeah, I mean, that's – is reminiscent of what happened with Rugnet Odor and uh, Jose Batista too, which Batista would have gone down like that had uh, there not been somebody right there to catch him. You would yeah. have seen Batista fall exactly like that, but there was somebody right behind him to to keep it from looking like he got knocked out, but he got knocked cold too. Yeah, it was such a great moment. Thank you for calling back to the Rugnet Odor-Jose Bautista fight. If we can even call it that, it was more of just one punch and that was the end. I know the Rangers have made two World Series, obviously don't have that uh, World Series championship title. That is a top five moment in in franchise history. I I saw that video surfacing a lot uh, over the last couple of days since the uh, Ramirez fight started making the round. So, yeah, that's a big-time moment for the Rangers. And trying to think of, like, the greatest brawls in baseball history. Obviously, people think of that one. Everybody remembers the Nolan Ryan v. Robin Ventura. That's probably the most famous in the history of baseball, just because it feels like everyone has seen that thing a thousand times, regardless of how old you are. But yeah, I mean, most benches clearing incidents are nothing. And it's always the funniest thing ever, Trey, when the bullpens are running all the way out from the outfield, because by the time they get there, usually everything is done and it's just a complete waste of time to see all of those dudes usually just jog out uh, to the infield to try to be a part of what's going on. Yeah, most of the time, you don't even get a punch thrown. You just get people jawing back and forth a little bit, and then people break it up. And I want to show you this video one more time because I got to give some love to the second base umpire who probably didn't do what Rob Manford would have wanted him to do in this situation. Like, I feel like if you're a ref or an umpire, you're probably told, like, hey, do whatever you can to break this up. Like, it's a bad look for our sport if we've just got dudes, unless we're talking hockey, if we just have dudes just, like, brawling with each other and throwing haymakers left and right. Like, if you've got a chance to step in and stop this before it even starts, do it. Uh, watch this uh, Watch this second base umpire basically go full UFC ref and just kind of get out of the way and make this thing happen. Slide, safe, and in the score is Jimenez. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. <laughs> he literally... Just like it's almost like he's like tap gloves and go, and then he just walks away. I mean, like that made a business decision, right? Yes. There. I don't fault him at all. 
No, no, I'm glad he did. Believe me, like I did. That gave us an all time great baseball brawl moment right there. Uh, yeah, it looked like for a second he was like trying to break it up. And then he's just like, dude, I am not getting hit by a right or a left right now. I'm getting the out of the way. And he did just that. No, there's uh, in if you work as a bank teller, let's say, or you work in a bank, you are instructed that if uh, somebody is trying to rob the bank to not try and do anything to stop it because you don't want to put uh, yourself or anybody else at risk. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, umpires and referees and officials aren't told something very similar when it comes to fights happening in sports. Like, you know, do what you can up to a certain degree, but at some point you have to get out of the way because all you're going to do otherwise is get yourself hurt. Yep. Like you're not going to stop anything if it's a benches-clearing brawl. There was another uh, baseball brawl from a few years ago. God, who was the Red? It was a Reds pitcher in the Pittsburgh Pirates. So this Reds pitcher went towards the Pirates' dugout and was trying to attack people in the Pirates' dugout and was going after it like a madman and actually doing a pretty good job at the same time, too. That's another one of my favorite fights, even if I can't recall the, n- the names right now. Mm. Yeah, we've got a comment from our guy Sal saying Graham Lloyd, Armando Benitez, 98 Yankees Orioles. There's a – God, I can't remember who was involved, and I should because I, I know baseball well enough to know this, but two big names way back in the day where, like, a guy literally kicked the catcher's head. A pitcher threw at him. The batter, like, stuck his leg back kind of like a donkey kick and just kicked the catcher's face mask and then ran to the mound and started throwing haymakers at the guy on the mound too i can't remember who was involved but was that delman young that was at the plate for that one amir garrett thank you des garrett amir garrett was the reds pitcher who was doing that to the entire pirates team yeah a few years ago yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's any relation between des and amir des has a, got the reds hat going on there i don't know second is that a picture of amir garrett or is that actually des they're all very good questions that we need answers to, Des. Oh, man. All right, let's shift gears for a second before we uh, get into some more football conversation. I got to tell you all about one of our other great sponsors. Relax the back. That back pain that you've been dealing with, Relax the Back has your solution. Massage chairs, ergonomic office chairs, recliners, Tempur-Pedic mattresses. They're going to help you make that back thing be a thing of the past. Our guy, Jason Caldwell, great people. You're always going to get first-class service when you go in there. And the beautiful thing about Relax the Back, they're not going to make you buy the most expensive thing they have. No, they're going to help you find the product that's going to get your back back on track. I'm telling you, these guys are going to make your life so much easier. Two Austin-area locations, one at 183 and 360, right next to the Whole Foods, the other at the Hill Country Galleria. They've got Relax the Back stores in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio as well. So definitely check them out. And we might be, we might be, Trey, giving away some chairs from Relax the Back on this channel at some point. So definitely subscribe, keep it locked in so you don't miss out on a chance to win that. But for now, go to their website, relaxtheback.com, or check out one of their stores. Okay, I have given so much money to Relax the Back over the years. I'm 45 now. I've had a bad back going back into my late 20s or early 30s. Relax the Back does a lot of stuff really well. Mattresses, chairs, you just mentioned, they have great massage equipment too. Got this something called an S curve that allows you to really get good pinpoints on the back that uh, I've been using for a long time. And my home studio has a chair from Relax the Back that my brother won at the Mullet Open a few years ago and that I paid my brother for. That was a Relax the Back purchase. It is my favorite place to sit in my entire house. 
couch included, by the way. And it's a good couch that we have in our living room because that relaxed the back chair is just so damn comfortable, especially for us old guys who have bad backs. Yeah, it's a great store. Go check them out. Jason Caldwell, once again, runs the two Austin area locations. He's a great dude who does phenomenal work, and they can uh, help you out. Trey's a perfect testimonial right there. They can make that back pain a thing of the past. All right, Trey, let's get into a little bit more Texas football conversation. Um, we're going to talk real, plenty real of Texas. Quick, BK, real quick, BK, yeah. let me uh, read a couple of these comments off. Actually, one in particular from Jacob. Yeah. If you would have told me that the horn would implode, but I'm going to get to watch Trey and BK on YouTube, I'd call you a liar. Hell of a job rolling with the punches, fellas. Thank you, Jacob. We appreciate that. It's a pleasure to be back on in this regard. No doubt. We've gotten tremendous support since uh, the announcement of this thing last week. So appreciate all of you guys. I mean, the channel is already nearing 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. And uh, we've had over 100 people watching this live stream throughout the entirety of the stream since we got started at 8 o'clock. So this is, uh, this is a lot of fun for us. We're super excited to get to work together, but also to get to work with Bucky and Kevin yeah. and Wags and some other big names that we uh, will be able to announce here in the coming days. We're excited about this for our sakes, but we're also excited about this for y'all as well. Uh, and we want you guys to be a huge part of this thing, man. Like this channel is about y'all. The, the only way this thing succeeds is if you guys keep watching and supporting. So number one, thank you. And number two, we'd love to hear your feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you don't want to hear. And uh, one of the many beautiful things about Texas Sports Unfiltered is we are just that. We are unfiltered. We can say whatever we want. We can talk about whatever we want. We can talk about whatever you want. And uh, we're going to have a ton of fun with live and recorded videos on this channel all the time. So this is uh, this is super fun, super exciting for all of us. And Trey, you and I have been working hard behind the scenes to make sure we got this thing ready to roll for today. We're excited to finally launch this thing and hopefully bring something that all of you guys are going to like a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, Troy's story has a couple of things here. One is I ran to subscribe to see you guys work together again. Really appreciate that, Troy. I know you asked a little bit earlier if there's going to be an app coming out. An app is in the works, so stay tuned. You're going to be able to listen to the audio-only version of this show. We're going to try and bring more in the way of video for those who are watching on YouTube, but we do understand uh, the value of you being able to uh, quickly go to our app because it is going to be our app and hit play and hear the live shows as they're on. Or, or by the way, as uh, we're continuing to build this thing, we'll make sure that uh, we've got replays going of some of those live shows throughout the day as well. So it uh, yes. will be a va another valuable resource another way that uh, you can access texas sports unfiltered no doubt about it and normally bucky godbolt will be with me mornings from 8 to 10 and trey and i will be back in the middays that's where we belong midday with trey and bk or return from 12 to 1 but a programming note for today the great kevin dunn is going to be joining me and trey's going to pop in for a little bit as well we'll be live from 12 to 1 so looking forward to that tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about texas sports unfiltered and uh, please like the video. Please subscribe to this channel. You guys have been tremendous with the support, and uh, we can't thank you enough. And We'll be thanking you a ton as uh, this thing continues to roll along. All right, Trey, I want to ask you about, because uh, we talked some Texas football to start the show, but we also got into some bigger, broader conversations about the Big 12 and about the Longhorn schedule and this and that. But I want to ask you about a specific position group that I think is giving Texas fans a ton of reason for excitement going into the season. And it, it feels like, I, I, you know, the running back room last year was the best in the country, I would argue. Uh, Bijan, top 10 pick, Roshan Johnson, third round pick, like those two guys are great. But it's been few and far between where you felt like Texas has had a position group that 
not only is the best in the conference, but is also maybe the best in all of college football. I don't know if the Longhorns wide receiver room is like number one in the country, but dude, it is close with the talent and experience and depth that Texas has brought in to that wide receiver group. Give Sarkeesian credit for recruiting and also bringing in a guy like A.D. Mitchell from the transfer portal. Also a guy like Isaiah Nayor, who we didn't get to see last year, but will get to see this year. I mean, it feels like this wide receiver room has a chance to be freaking special this year. And that might be the number one reason that I'm excited to see what this offense can do in year three of the Sark era. Completely agreed. And by the way, big credit to this coaching staff for turning an uncertain situation into a clear-cut strength for this football team. Let's remember, uh, at the end of last season, there were a lot of questions. One, we didn't know if Jordan Whittington was coming back because he was technically a senior and could have chosen to go pro if he wanted to. He announces that he's coming back. There were also questions throughout the spring as to whether Xavier Worthy was going to take his talents elsewhere uh, for his junior season in college football. Well, ultimately, uh, I think they, uh, they had some heart-to-heart talks with Xavier Worthy and uh, maybe reworked some things in the back end in terms of NIL deals and uh, kept him happy enough to stick around for at least one more year. And I think part of that was their ability to go out and find more talent at wide receiver to ensure that he wasn't having too large of an onus placed on his shoulders to ensure that the passing attack is going to be top-notch in 2023. Going out and getting A.D. Mitchell from Georgia – Uh, You know, he's been injury plagued at times in his Georgia career, but when he's out there, he is as good as any wide receiver on the field. And they did a great job of uh, bringing some freshmen in who might be able to contribute in year one. Jonte Cook is obviously the best example there. And Isaiah Nayor, as you just mentioned, he is a guy that was really turning heads last fall camp, unfortunately suffers that knee injury. It looks like he's back in full strength now. You throw JT Sanders into that mix. Gunnar Helm, who I know he's the number two tight end, but he's a guy uh, who has shown some versatility. He was a pass-catching threat coming out of high school and basically did what he had to to get on the field to become more of a blocker. He is a very fluid pass catcher. If you remember some of the moments where he actually got the football in his hands last year, it looked really good. Uh, So he's uh, one of those uh, maybe slept-on threats uh, in that offense right now, but there are so many different guys that Quinn Ewers and turn to to get the football to. And by the way, Keelan Robinson is another great example, a guy who's going to be your third down brat, uh, back, who has thrown uh, shown the ability to uh, to make big plays throughout his time here in Austin, even to a lesser degree at Alabama as well. Yeah, I mean, Quinn Ewers has a ton to work with this year, and it feels like there aren't any excuses for him, just with all of the talent that's going to be around him. Of course, all five starters from the offensive line will be back as well, but this is one of the deepest and most talented wide receiver rooms in the country. And uh, yeah, I mean, the passing game is obviously going to have to pick up some of the slack that is being left behind with Bijan and Roshan going pro. We still feel good about the running backs. There's a lot of talent in that running back room, but obviously you don't have the experience that we've had for the last couple of seasons. Uh, The wide receiver room is there. And you think about the top four guys that you talked about with Worthy, with Whittington, with Mitchell and Nayor, all four of those guys you could say they're in contract years, Trey, because all four of them could go pro after this season. Now, Jordan Whittington's going to have to because he's a senior, but Nayor could leave after this year. A.D. Mitchell could leave after this year. Isaiah Nayor, even though it's his first year at Texas, he's been in college long enough to where he'll be eligible for the NFL draft after this year. So I don't think all four of those guys are going to go pro, but they ha- all have the opportunity to. 
And if they put together great years, then, okay, that's going to be really good for Texas because that means this passing game is really good, which in turn means this offense is really good. But obviously it's good for them as well because, you know, you don't just dream of stopping your career at a place like the University of Texas. If you're good enough to get a scholarly at UT, you think you're good enough to play on Sundays. So a chance plus Quinn Ewers has that motivation as well. Like these guys are going to be motivated, of course, for the team, but also for themselves as well. And usually that combination can bring out the best in everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's probably also a sense of pride that's coming into play too, uh, just with regards to what was expected of them going into last year and how they really underachieved. And you could argue that if the passing attack was even adequate for much of the second half of the 2022 season, Texas would have been playing for a Big 12 championship. Uh, If not a regular season title, they very likely would have found themselves in that game uh, at the end of the regular season at Jerry World in Arlington. So they've got a lot to prove this year. I love the uh, the contract year belief. I mean, we see a lot of mock drafts right now that have Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, and JT Sanders as first-round draft picks. Dude, if that happens, I, I don't know if I can guarantee Texas has won a Big 12 championship, but there's a really good shot that that, uh, that has gone down and a decent chance that Texas has made it to the college football playoff too. Again, if those three guys are are going as projected first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, I think you can at least guarantee that Texas will be playing for the Big 12 championship yes. if all three of those guys are first-round picks. And you could probably guarantee that Texas would be favored in that Big 12 championship game if all three of those guys end up going in the first round next April. But, yeah, that's just the type of talent that this Texas group has. And, you know, these guys realize, uh, like Quinn Ewers, obviously, he's done a tremendous job getting into better shape this offseason, getting rid of the mullet. Now he's business in the front and business in the back, right? There's no party with that dude's hair anymore. Like by all he's accounts, he's down too. So there's hardly yeah. even hair to, to, to go around. Yeah. He's uh, all business Quinn this year. And it's cool. I mean, that's, that's what you want. Like you want this guy to be super committed and super locked in. And obviously it's tough for anybody who transfers in and has to play big minutes in their first year at their new program. It's even tougher when you're talking about a guy who should have been a true freshman trying to do all of that stuff at a place like the University of Texas. But now, yeah, now Quinn Ewers knows where he's at. He knows his teammates. He knows the system, and he realizes the opportunity that's in front of him. So, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting, man. Like, this offense averaged a little bit more than 35 points per game. Even without Bijan, even without Rojo, uh, our guy Phil Steele is projecting that Texas hits the 40-point-per-game mark this year. And I, I don't think that's, like, an unrealistic expectation. Like, I feel yeah. like that should be. The expectation for Texas that just with the fact that they've got 10 returning starters from that group. And once again, they've got a ton of talent. Yeah. If there's one thing that might keep them from scoring 40 points per game, it's some of the rule changes in college football that we'll see games sped up. And as a result, you'll see teams getting 10 to more or 10 to less uh, plays per game. So maybe that has an impact, but they do have the firepower in a normal year to we're going over 40 points per game is not a huge stretch. One of our favorite uh, f- favorite people that we've got to meet over the years from getting to do this show, BK, is Christy from Cakes Rock. We know she's a huge Georgia fan, and she says on the comments line, oh, dude, as a Georgia fan, AD is one of the biggest reasons why we have two natties. He is a beast. I hate so much that we lost him, but, man, am I glad I get to watch him play for Texas. Love to hear it. Yep, absolutely. And AD Mitchell brings that big game experience, too the University of Texas like not only is he incredibly talented there was that uh, video of him making that sick one-handed catch over the summer a few weeks ago like we know this guy's really really talented but he also has played in a lot of huge games and Georgia has been what everybody else in college football wants to be over the last couple of years so 
uh, yeah, hopefully the big game experience that some of these transfers, but especially A.D. Mitchell, can bring to the table will uh, actually pay some dividends for this uh, Texas team because we expect the Longhorns to be playing in big games. Hell, at Alabama, it's week two. It's non-conference. It's still a huge, huge game and an opportunity for Texas to really show the country that, hey, we're legit once again. And if Texas does find a way to win that game in T-Town here in September, then people are going to be starting to talk about maybe bigger things than just the Big 12 championship. So big games, big moments, tough games on the schedule for Texas. Having a guy with experience in those spots, I think, uh, could pay could pay some dividends for this team. And nobody on this football team fears Alabama either. They shouldn't. Maybe a couple of true freshmen who are going to be a little bit nervous walking into Tuscaloosa, but most of this roster was on the sidelines for the game last year, so they know what they're capable of, even against a good Alabama team. And as you pointed out earlier in this show, BK, there's an opportunity there, especially catching Alabama early this season because they lost their best players on both sides of the football. I know everybody talks about Bryce Young, and that is obviously a huge loss for them, but losing Will Anderson off of that defense is a ginormous void that is having to be filled too. Now, I understand Alabama is replacing five stars with five stars, but uh, you can't discount the playmakers that Alabama is having to replace. Will guys eventually step up? Absolutely. But early in the season, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Yeah, the bad news for Texas is that Bill O'Brien is no longer the offensive coordinator there. <laughs> I know. That guy. I was hoping that would still be the case. Yeah, that would have been nice because that guy sucks everywhere that he goes. I love uh, when NFL people are like, oh, the Patriots are about to figure it out on offense because Mac Jones has Bill O'Brien calling plays for him. I'm like, are you out of your freaking mind? Have you watched that guy operate his <laughs> offense going back to his final couple of years with the Houston Texans? Yeah, I can sit here and tell you people in Houston have not forgotten about uh, the disaster that was Bill O'Brien. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's an upgrade for the Patriots considering they had Pencil Ear and Joe Judge running their offense a season ago. Bill O'Brien is at least kind of qualified to be an offensive coordinator. But, yeah, if you're relying on that guy to save your offense, you're going to be in for a bad time. Gringo Horn on the comments line says, nice pad. Trey, you're right. This is a nice pad. I am in Breckenridge, Colorado right now. Shout out to Ma Elling for uh, hooking my family and my brother's family up with what is literally, well, I don't know if it's listed, but the houses around us are literally listed in the millions of dollars range. We're getting this on a reasonable deal right now. But yeah, this is this is maybe the nicest house that I've stayed in uh, over the course of a couple of nights. And so it's yeah. going to serve as a pretty sweet backdrop for the rest of the week too. Yeah, we're not paying that much on Texas Sports Unfiltered for you to uh, afford that. So shout out to uh, your moms for coming through this time yeah. around. Thank you, Ma Elling. She's been listening uh, on the stairs about 20 feet away the entire show, too. So hopefully she hopefully she gives a thumbs up to, uh, to the content. She doesn't <laughs> love everything that I talk about, but she loves what you and I do. So uh, thanks, Mom. Trey, what's the, uh, what's the temperature where you're at out there in Colorado? Oh, it's a it's a sweltering like 63 right now. Totally mm. funny outside, too. Well, if you want your home to be a nice, cool or sweltering, whatever you want to call it, 63 degrees, you got to reach out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems, celebrating 60 years of providing top quality plumbing and HVAC services. Our friends at Wood Comfort Systems are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in every season. AC maintenance, repair and installation. They've got heater repair and service, duct work attic insulation as well, plus plumbing services. I'm telling you, they do exceptional HVAC work and have great plumbing services all throughout Central Texas and in South Central Texas as well. Check them out online, 
woodscomfortsystems.com or give them a call, 512-842-5066. That's 512-842-5066. Our guy David Partain runs the show over there. Great dude. Tell him you heard about it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Once again, Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. Definitely check them out. Thanks to them and thanks to all of our sponsors for uh, joining us as we launch Texas Sports Unfiltered. Trey, we're wrapping up. We've got about four minutes left. Uh, Anything else you want to mention on our first ever, let's call it our first episode together, but our first ever episode on Texas Sports Unfiltered? Just really a personal note, this is going to be a little bit more esoteric, uh, directed uh, straight at you, BK, but it's been a lot of fun uh, getting to uh, to build this with you and with others also. I have been excited about a lot of different things that have gone down in life uh, in terms of uh, job opportunities, but I don't know if I've ever been more excited to get something going than what you and I are getting to do with Bucky and Kevin and uh, Adam Wagner and all the sponsors that you just mentioned that are a part of things early on. Like this is going to be a lot of fun and truly like, I know it's a cliche, but the sky is the limit for this because uh, we know that there is a lot of competition out there in terms of people who want to talk Texas sports and entertain you people throughout the course of a day. We believe that uh, we are going to be able to do it as well, if not better than anyone. So thank you for those of you who are a part of this ride on day one. And we look forward to welcoming more folks aboard this train as we continue to chug along. Well said, my brother, the sentiments are shared. Super excited to get this thing rolling, excited to get to work with you again, excited to get to work with the buck and Kevin and wags and a few more people stay tuned. Cause we're going to yeah. have some announcements about uh, some other folks joining this channel as well. And uh, more announcements in terms of the app coming your way, too. We're going to make this incredibly easy for you all to consume all of our content all of the time. Once again, you guys are a huge part of this. Of course, we're doing this for ourselves because we love each other and we love working with each other. But we're also doing this for you guys, hoping to uh, bring your favorite Austin media personalities together in one place to give you just everything you need, everything you're looking for, for uh, Texas sports content and so much more and as trey said we're not just talking sports like well you you saw where we at in society today you heard some of the other stories we talked about we're going to have exclusive videos that are set up for non-sports conversations we will make it easy by the way if you are watching on youtube and i'll do this for the podcast as well we will timestamp everything so if you're just looking for the bullshit and our random conversations we'll let you know where you can find that if you're just looking for the sports conversations we'll let you know where you can find that as well uh, we want this to be as user friendly as possible because it's all about the user. It's all about you guys. So we'll uh, and we're obviously looking for feedback. You let us know how we can make this as enjoyable of an experience as possible for all of you. But that's uh, what this thing is about. And we're super pumped to get rolling. Did you want to make mention of the special guest joining you and Bucky for episode one of y'all's show before we uh, say goodbye to the people? Oh, yeah. Thank you for that, Trey. Yeah, normally it'll be Bucky and me from eight to ten. And Trey and I will be going weekdays from twelve to one had so much fun today we might have to expand that at some point but we'll uh, we'll talk about that at some other time but tomorrow morning in the nine o'clock hour no time officially confirmed but at some point between nine to ten the legendary lifetime longhorn the heisman trophy winner a man who rushed for more than ten thousand yards during his nfl career a man who changed his identity at one point during the nfl career the great ricky freaking williams is going to be 
the first guest of Bucky and BK tomorrow. And Trey, maybe we'll ask him if he's uh, willing to unblock you on Twitter, because I know that's something that's been uh, gnawing at you for years now. Please, please have him unblock me. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to like slip into his DMs, but I would like to see what Ricky has to say on Twitter. Is that too much yeah. to ask? Apparently, it is. Unblock to begin with. I've done nothing but but show <laughs> shower that man with praise since we were both at University of Texas together. He's my all-time favorite college football player. I actually stole his University of Texas email account back in the mid-1990s. I got at I got Ricky Williams at utexas.edu for my email. That's how much I, I loved the man back in the day. Maybe that's why. Follow his tweets. Maybe that's why he blocked you because he had his email stolen by you. And he realized that it was your fault that he couldn't check. Yeah, I don't think Ricky Williams was checking his email too much back in back I know, in college. I know Ricky Williams has promoted uh, this sort of organ massaging or organ shifting massage that he's a big fan of. Like if Ricky wants to practice the organ shifting massa- massage on me, like I'd be happy to do that. I'd give him an organ shifting massage if he would like to. Whatever allows me to follow Ricky on Twitter again. All right, Deshaun Watson. I don't know what that <laughs> is, and I don't even want to know what that is. My God. All right, that is going to do it for uh, the first ever episode on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Once again, thank you to all of our sponsors, AV Consultations, Altstadt Brewery, Centex Tickets, 7-Eleven, Relax the Back, Woods Comfort Systems, and Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. You guys are supporting us, but please support them as well. Show them your love. They're, they're all easy to support. They're all great companies that do fantastic work over a bunch of different industries. Uh, they're going to take care of you all of the time. And uh, yeah. That's it. So 12 to 1 today. In a couple of hours, it'll be Kevin Dunn and myself. Trey's going to pop on for a little of that conversation, too. Like this video if you haven't yet. Please subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet. Once again, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about the greatness of Texas sports unfiltered. For Trey Elling, I am BK Brad Kellner. Thank you all so much for watching. Until next time, y'all stay safe and hook them.